Blog Talk Radio. Love 
guys. Um, I've been so, so anxious to share this dream with you guys all day, and it just seems like I don't know how to say it because I have, it was so emo very emotional. And every time I would start to think about it, I'd get emotional. And so I made a PowerPoint, and I did like how it turned out. So I'm just going to make a video, and bear with me if I get emotional again. Okay, so I'm just going to get right to the dream. Um, I dreamt I was walking into this huge, huge building. I can't even describe it as a building. It was enormous. And it felt new, like a new structure. And I start to walk in, and I'm just taking it all in. It's beautiful. Um, and I just, it's one of those feelings where you walk into a church, and you just see the ceiling is so high. It, it's, I can't figure out the right word to describe it, but it's like a feeling of exaltation. So I, I think I explore a little bit, but I am come over with the feeling of Jesus in this building. And so I just get this euphoria and this, this beautiful feeling of love. And I, I just say, oh, gosh, I, I wish I could fly. And all of a sudden I start to lift up. And I'm lifting and I'm like, I'm flying. It just feels so amazing. And I haven't had a dream like that in a very long time where I just had time to just zoom around and fly and I feel so free and light and um, I feel the presence of Jesus even closer now and I just want to find him I know he's he's here I'm going to find him so I'm flying and flying and I'm going Jesus Jesus I'm just like yelling out his name and I'm I'm getting higher and I feel his presence and I zoom over to that part of the building and I turn a corner and oh he was just there and then I I feel his presence over here, and so I start to zoom over to that part, and I I, I hear a, his breath, and I'm like, he's just there, and I just feel it, and I, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to him as I'm moving around this building, and I'm just going, Jesus, Jesus is yelling to him, or, or I think I'm saying, where are you, just calling out to him, and as I'm flying up, um, I'm just, I'm slowly making my way higher and higher and higher into this huge building. And so then it starts to change the, as I get really, really high up. And this building is so unique. I can't describe it. It's like I go over and there's like these big arched things, but then there's these also a wooden, wooden beams, like structural. And I feel like there's like little homes or something. It's like I could, you could only get to it if you're flying. It's so, it was so weird. I could go up and I'd explore this little part and I come over here and I explore. And all the time I'm just like, just right, like one step behind Jesus. And I feel like he's watching me. I feel like he's like, I, like I have this feeling like, there's this anticipation, like he's watching me, and he just, but he can't show me himself just yet. And so, but then it starts to change. And as I get really, really up high, I start to hear men's voices, like shouting men. And I realize it's the Pharisees, and they're shouting at him. And I realize I'm listening in. In just the last few hours before he's about to be crucified, and I can feel him. I can feel what he's feeling. The Pharisees, they're hate him. They want to kill him. And I'm going, Jesus. 
but it is bravery, is feeling terror, but doing what you have to do. So now he's walking, I mean, I can sense it in my spirit, he's getting so close. But I keep saying Jesus, and I'm screaming for him, I can't find him. But I know what's happening, I can, I can feel it, he's getting close. But at the same time, I'm feeling something strange happening to me. Something big. I know something big and huge is about to happen. He's about to die for our sins. And so now, I look, and I'm almost at the ceiling of this huge building. And at that moment, I know he's been crucified. So 
real, guys. When I felt what he was going through, I realized we are meant to be one. We are meant to be one with him. And I just laid in bed, and I have tears crooked down, and I said, I'm thinking of him, and I know his spirit is right here. And I said, Jesus. And before I could even get the words out, I was going to say, Jesus, I long for you. Before I could even say that, I heard him say, Elizabeth, I long for you. Elizabeth is my name. Zab is short for Elizabeth. And at that moment when he said that, I just had to get out of bed because of the sobs. And I ran into the closet and closed the door so I wouldn't wake up anybody. And I just sobbed and sobbed and cried and cried. I have never cried so hard in my life because I had a taste of our home. I had a taste of home. And our human bodies cannot comprehend the love that is waiting for us. And I had a taste of it, and it, my body couldn't handle it. I just sobbed and sobbed because it's so beautiful. His love for us is unbelievable. So this sudden profound understanding hit me when I was sitting there in that closet and I remembered the Pharisees and how alone he felt on that cross, how rejected, how utterly just abandoned he felt. His disciples had scattered, he was alone and dying. And they hated him, and they still, it wasn't enough that he was dying. They were screaming and yelling at him. He went through such just turmoil. But we know God our Father, any sacrifice that is made in his name, he rewards. Guess how he's rewarding his son for his sacrifice? He's giving him us, the bride. We are his reward, and he longs for that reward. And there was something powerful going on when I was hearing those men jeering at him. At the same time they were jeering at him, I was calling for him in love. And I realized the part of his heart that just got broken, that crucifixion is filled with the bride and their just devoted love for him. Devoted can't even describe it. We are filling a hole in his heart. And he yearns to be one with us because something is missing in his heart until we are, we and he are one. That's why we are the bridegroom and the bride get married. That is our connection. You guys, it is time. It's time. And I just feel a call to action that we need to do. This has been on my spirit for the last week. We need to print out our prayer. We need to make it perfect and print it out because we're coming close. I don't know what it's trying to tell me, what this means, but I just feel like we need to be prepared for not having power. There could be some destruction. I feel like we're going to get us. We're going to witness some of it before it happens. But for some reason, we need to have a hard copy of this prayer in our homes not only for us, but when we're gone, for others to find. We need to keep our intercessory work alive even after we're gone and out of here. 
We need other souls to find him and know the truth and know how to reach him in prayer. There are going to be people who have no idea how to pray and what to do and how to protect themselves. You guys, we need to come together as a group. I know that there are some people who get a little heartbroken with um, when they share things and other people don't agree. We need to stop that. This is not the platform for that. It's not about sharing your voice or feeling like you're trying to get people, you know, to the truth. That's not our job in this group. It's to intercede and pray and save souls and undo some of the destruction and, and judgment that's about to hit and do what we can as the body of Christ. So let's just unify our voices. Let's make it all about prayer. Let's edify each other. Let's encourage each other. If someone's sharing something that doesn't ring true in your spirit, just, you know, tell them it's okay. This doesn't ring true for me, but maybe for somebody else. Be careful because there could be people making videos and you don't agree with them. But if one, even one sliver of the Holy Spirit is coming through in their video, you don't want to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. If one thing they say is from the Holy Spirit and you say it's not of God, you've just blasphemed and grieved. You've grieved the Holy Spirit. So be careful. Just don't. There's a difference between discernment and there's a difference between that and judgment. Discern, you just turn your face away. Judgment, you turn and throw something at it. And we don't need that. So I know you guys are amazing. My brothers and sisters, you guys are just we found our home with each other. We've got a taste of our home when we found each other. And there's so much more waiting for us. So I think the next day, the next day or so, if we even have, I don't even know how much time we have, but let's give it a day just to let me know. I'll put a post out there and you share with me what else you think we should add to the prayer. We make it perfect. You guys, we are a team. You know, I don't see myself as like, you know, the prophet of this group. I'm not, obviously, you know that. I consider myself more the foreman of building this thing, what we're building, and just trying to keep it together. And and so I, I welcome your feedback. There is so much wisdom in our group. I can't tell you. I see somebody post a question, and like uh, so many of you rush in and just help people, and there's so much wisdom. And and I, we are so blessed, just so blessed as a group to help each other and lift each other up and rush in to pray for each other. And one thing, as I was watching, I was getting ready this morning. And last night when I had that dream, it was about, I think, 2.20 in the morning when I woke up just out of that dream. And I, after sobbing in my closet for about 20 minutes, I finally pulled myself together and I said, I've got to get all this down on paper. I don't want to miss, I don't want to forget a single thing. And I got to share with my brothers and sisters. And I went out into the living room and I had my phone and I just spoke into the little phone memo and just went through the whole thing and just explained it all. And so not long, you know, later that morning, I'm watching the news and I hear about all the results. It's all they're talking about. It's a political race. And I feel the Lord tell me I'm giving them over to themselves like Sodom and Gomorrah. He's given them over to themselves. You know about Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis and also in um, Romans, I think, 1. I think I wrote it down, 128. And it says he's just giving them over. The, the Lord is letting you, the United States, the world, I don't know specifically where, but I know as I watch those politicians, they have just declined to a, a new low, and he's just saying, 
I give up just giving them over to themselves. And we know what happened soon after with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. So I just felt that impressed in my spirit. It's time. we got to get up. We're, we're gone. You guys, this is going to be, I feel any minute. So something big is going to happen. Um, be prepared. Let's put our prayer together. Let's When we get it perfected and ready, let's print it out, laminate it, whatever we need to do, have it ready for for us and for others following after us. So God bless you guys. I love you so much.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Lord's hours. Praise God. Hallelujah. Another day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Where we're going to share the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For this privilege. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I know I have posted. Hallelujah. That we will be talking. Hallelujah. About the, the, the ten virgins. Hallelujah. In Matthew 25. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we're going to keep it. Hallelujah. We're going to keep what we posted. Hallelujah. We just don't want to get people confused, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. Matthew 25, hallelujah, we're going to share how, hallelujah, tonight, how important it is, hallelujah, that, that, hallelujah, praise God, that we don't take the Holy Spirit for granted, praise God, hallelujah. We're going to start reading in Matthew 25, verse 1, hallelujah, at that time, says, says the word of God, hallelujah, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. Hallelujah. Who took their lamp, hallelujah, and went out to meet the bridegroom, hallelujah. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. Praise hallelujah. The foolish one took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. Praise God, hallelujah. The wise, the wise, hallelujah, however, took oil in their jar along with the lamps, hallelujah. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. Yeah, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Hallelujah. It's similar to now. So many people now are saying, well, the Lord is taking long to come. Why haven't the rapture happened? Praise God. Hallelujah. And it looks there. God knows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we think anything, hallelujah, God knows. Hallelujah. And this is talking about us in the last day because it says at that time. What time? Time at the end. And we are at that time. We are at time at the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. 
And it says on verse 5, hallelujah, that the bridegroom, hallelujah, was, hallelujah, was taking a long time, hallelujah, praise hallelujah, and coming. Praise hallelujah. This is exactly what is happening now. People are saying, people are writing to us, people are getting desperate. Why is this rapture taking so long? What is going on? Why haven't the Lord come yet? Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God knows our mind, people of God, hallelujah. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep, hallelujah. And at midnight, praise God, hallelujah, that's the hour that we're so close into right now. We're so close to the midnight hour, praise God, hallelujah. Then the, the cry rang out, praise God, hallelujah. The trumpet went out, praise God, hallelujah. The Paul talks about hallelujah. Praise God, and the book of Thessalonians, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. The, the, the cry went out, praise God, hallelujah. Here the bridegroom come out to meet him, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. They were so happy that the trumpet sound. They were so happy that the, the time is here. He's coming now. Praise God, hallelujah. Let's, let's go out and receive him. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. But the, I don't know if you noticed it, hallelujah, that it says that the five foolish, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, in verse 2, hallelujah, the five of them were foolish, the five were wise. Then the foolish, the foolish one took the lamb, but did not take any oil with them. Praise God. How will you go out? How will you expect the Lord to rapture you if, you if you're waiting for him without the Holy Spirit? Because the oil speaks about the Spirit of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you go through the Old Testament, when it's mentioned, this, the oil is mentioned in the Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. So they they went out like there are many people listening to me, hallelujah. But they have not they have no concern for the Holy Spirit. They have not asked God to give them the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, praise God, hallelujah. They have no concern about the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is the more important ingredient or person of the Trinity in regard to this wrath. Because if you don't have him right now in that trumpet sound, Praise God, hallelujah. You're not going up in the rapture. Praise God, hallelujah. And we're going to go on reading about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to read how important the Holy Spirit is in this regarding to the rapture. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. If we continue reading there on verse 7, and Matthew 25 says that, Then all of the virgin walked up, hallelujah, trimmed the lamp, and the foolish one said to the wise, hallelujah, give up some of your oil, our lamp are going out, praise God, hallelujah. Now they're noticing that they don't have the oil, they don't have the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now they reply, there may not be enough, hallelujah, for both the, the wise ones said, hallelujah. And you instead go to those who sell oil and buy, hallelujah, some for yourself, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. Verse, verse 10, hallelujah. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived, the virgin who were ready went, hallelujah, with him, talking about the Lord, to the wedding banquet, hallelujah, and the door was shut. Praise God. Who shut the door? The Lord did. Praise God, hallelujah. God did, hallelujah. It says that the Lord was shut. And the moment the trumpet sound, the door to heaven, it's shut. It's there very clearly. Hallelujah. I don't know how white people don't see that. Because we still have people questioning us about this. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Later, hallelujah, the other also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. 
But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. This is how serious it is. Hallelujah. In this last day, for the people of God not to be walking with the Holy Spirit, not to having the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because the Lord said to them that they didn't have the oil, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. I don't know you. In other words, if I, if I know you, you will have the Holy Spirit, but you don't have it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Now, this is why the Lord is, talking, is teaching his disciples about the importance of having oil in your lamp, especially in these last days. Praise God. It's so important that we have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And we don't take this lightly. Praise God. That we take it very serious. Hallelujah. And this it keeps on saying, hallelujah. On verse 12, hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 13. And so therefore keep watch. Because you do not know the day or the hour. No one knows the day or the hour, including the angels in heaven. Praise God. But we have signs that indicate, praise God, that we are living, praise God, in the last day. Now, let's see the work of the Holy Spirit. All right, we're going to start in Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples, Jesus said, hallelujah, about to all nations, of all nations, I'll be baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hear the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here's the Lord telling the, the, his disciples. Hallelujah. Praise God. To baptize them. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. He, you see how important the Holy Spirit is even in the baptism. Praise God. Hallelujah. That he has to be included. There are many churches don't baptize in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. They just do it in the name of the Lord. Praise God. But Jesus said here in Matthew 28, 19, that the Holy Spirit got to be included. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mark 1, 8, I baptize you with water, John said, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Talking about Jesus. Hallelujah. If God, if the Lord Jesus Christ thinks that the Holy Spirit is so important, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. If he thinks it's so important, this is why he gave it to his disciples. This is why he said he will go to the fire to save the counselor. Praise God. It's so important, people of God, that we have the Holy Spirit, that we are walking with the Holy Spirit. Mark 3.29. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of eternal sin. Why is that? The Holy Spirit, hallelujah, dwells in your life, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. He hears everything, he discerns your heart, he knows your intention, praise God, he knows what, if you are blaspheming him, hallelujah, he knows what you're doing, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. he knows that that comes from the evilness in you, praise God, hallelujah, that if you give it to the Lord, if you give yourself unto the Lord and surrender to the Lord, the Lord can take over your life, he can run your life. Down here, hallelujah, and the evil one will have no no access to you. Praise God, hallelujah. Only the Holy Spirit will dwell in your life, hallelujah. But you must seek this relationship. Praise God, hallelujah. So you got to be responsible also of having the Holy Spirit in your life, hallelujah. And you also got to be very careful because you might blaspheme the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Mark 2.36, David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, do you see here how important it is, hallelujah, that when you are speaking through, or when someone is speaking through the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, it's, it's very serious. 
It's a very serious word. Hallelujah. The Lord said to my Lord, David said, sit on my right hand until I put your enemy under your feet. He declared this under the Holy Spirit. So it was written, praise God, as a word of God. Praise Jesus. Because it was said through the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God. Mark 13, 11. All right. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at that time, for it is, it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Even when you're taken to court, praise God. Even when you're taken to a trial, praise God. God is so merciful that he will give you a word through his Holy Spirit. But you got to pay attention to that word. You got to receive the word because many people receive word hallelujah, from the Holy Spirit. They take it for granted, hallelujah. They want God to give them a sign. They want God to do this, to do that, hallelujah. Praise God when the Holy Spirit speaks to them very clear. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. And Luke 135, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you. Praise God, hallelujah. I believe it was talking to Mary here. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born, hallelujah, will be called the Son of God. Jesus came onto the earth, on this earth through the Holy Spirit. Just imagine how important it is, hallelujah, the work of the Holy Spirit, that even our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah, gave himself, hallelujah, through the Holy Spirit to be born uh, in a human form. Praise God, hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is very powerful, hallelujah. Luke 141, hallelujah. When Elizabeth heard Mary greeting, hallelujah, the baby leaped on her wound, hallelujah, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. You see how gentle the Holy Spirit, she had a baby, hallelujah, and the baby was not harmed. Praise God, hallelujah. Elizabeth had uh, John, hallelujah, the, uh, John the Baptist, hallelujah, on her, hallelujah, and the baby jumped out uh, of gladness, hallelujah. I seen this happen when, when my son, hallelujah, was like seven months and still in the womb, hallelujah. When he hear uh, music in the church, he would jump for happiness, praise God, and I seen that, praise God, so it's real, hallelujah. Luke 2.25, now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon, hallelujah, or Simon, who was righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit can be on someone, and he can be given testimony through that person that even the other people can see that you have the Holy Spirit. He can give a witness to the other people because Jesus said he will give a witness to me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Luke 2.26. Hallelujah. It has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he will not die before he has seen the Lord. Praise Hallelujah. I believe this here was the priest Zachariah. Praise God in the, in the New Testament. Hallelujah. It was told to him that hallelujah, he would see the Messiah born before he died. And he did. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. But to see, you see the comforting of the prophet, of the people of God. Hallelujah. That when the Holy Spirit spoke to them, they pay attention and they took those words very serious. They did not take the Holy Spirit for granted. Praise God, hallelujah. Like the five foolish virgins, they took the Holy Spirit for granted because they took the Lamb. They, they, they got up, hallelujah, and they did not worry whether they had the Holy Spirit or not. They did not worry. They just got up and they went on with their life, hallelujah, forgetting, hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit is the ingredient that the Lord God Almighty is looking to see in our life, the Ruach HaKadosh, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Luke 3.16. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come. Hallelujah. In the strap, hallelujah, the strap of the sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. Here's the witness hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit also can bring you fire. Praise God. You can ask for this fire. Hallelujah. I know my brother Chance was telling me today, hallelujah, how the Lord was giving him fire last night. Praise God. As he asked for this fire, this fire is real. Praise God, hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit can give it to you. Hallelujah. God can give it, give you this fire through his Holy Spirit who is dwelling in your life, hallelujah. Ask for this fire, hallelujah. Don't be afraid. God will give it to you. Praise God, hallelujah. Luke 322, hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit descended on him, hallelujah, in bodily form like a dove. That's just when he came on the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, hallelujah, with you I am well pleased. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So God confirmed that Jesus was his son by giving the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And a form that people can see in a, in a dog form. Hallelujah. So they can see hallelujah, the evidence of the Holy Spirit. The evidence, the approval of God. So if God thinks the Holy Spirit is so important, praise Hallelujah. Why isn't the church thinking the Holy Spirit is important? It's very, very important, especially in this last day, because those foolish women that did not have the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to them, I do not know you. Praise God, hallelujah. Luke 4, 1, Jesus, hallelujah, is tempted in the wilderness, hallelujah. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Why was he led there? To be tempted by the devil. You can be tempted by the enemy, although you have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But you need to trust God when you are being tempted, when you're going to difficulty. This is, you got, this is when you need to put your trust in God more. This is when you need to pray more. Whatever hard time or difficulty you're going through, hallelujah, whatever test you are going through, hallelujah, whatever the devil is bringing against you, hallelujah, you got to make sure, hallelujah, praise God, that you're seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit will remain with you. Praise God, and he will give you the power, the anointing, to rebuke the devil. Because Jesus told Satan after he turned to him, go, Satan, and Satan left. Praise God, hallelujah, for the Holy Spirit. Luke 10, 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you are hearing these things from the wise Hallelujah. And learn and reveal them to the little children. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, this is, hallelujah, what you were pleased to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we're pleased to do it. And Jesus worshiped the Father through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a beautiful relationship the Lord has with our Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 11, 13. If you do them, hallelujah, do, uh, hallelujah, thought you are evil, hallelujah, know how to give Good gift, the Lord says, to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Hallelujah. Another word, ask for the Holy Spirit to the Father. Praise God. The Father will give you his Holy Spirit. But you, got, you must stay asking. Hallelujah. Pray without ceasing, our Lord Jesus Christ says. 
So it's very important, hallelujah, that you maintain your prayer life with God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So it says here that the Father will give it to those that ask him. Praise God, he will not deny it to you, but he will give it to you on your time. Remember that, hallelujah, God has a time and a season for everything. Ecclesiastes, hallelujah. Praise God, chapter 2, praise God, hallelujah. Luke 12, 10, hallelujah. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anybody who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Praise God. So it's, it's, we got to take this serious. We got to be very careful on what we say, hallelujah, when the Holy Spirit is speaking. Because Jesus was speaking to the scribe and Pharisee, hallelujah, there, if you reach out to Job, look, hallelujah. And they were saying, thing, oh, He's speaking by, 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 by Belzebub, hallelujah. He's there saying this, hallelujah, praise hallelujah. And the Lord told him, be careful, be very careful. All blasphemy against the Father and the Son will be forgiven, but not the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was speaking by the Holy Spirit. This is the reason why, hallelujah, he was walking with the person of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity was there, praise God, hallelujah. So and Father, uh, Holy Spirit, Son and Father, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. All three were there, hallelujah. But, but hallelujah, the most important that the Lord pointed out to was the Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. So, hallelujah, we, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. We got to take it serious, people, God. We cannot take for granted, hallelujah, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Praise God, hallelujah. Especially in these last days that we're in, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. John, hallelujah, 133, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I myself did not know him, hallelujah, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain, hallelujah, the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. This is very important because it was pointed out to John, praise God, that not only the Holy Spirit will come to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it says there also that the Holy Spirit will remain in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, in another word, he needed to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in this man. Love, kindness, and compassion, and all these fruit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, the Holy Spirit had to remain in him. It says they are very clear. Praise God. So, in another word, we got we to gotta make sure that we're remaining with the Holy Spirit to the end. Because the five foolish women... Hallelujah, or, or virgin, or, or brothers and sisters, hallelujah, in general. Praise God, hallelujah. I don't want to say woman. I don't want the sister to get offended. I love my sister very much, hallelujah. I don't want to offend anybody. Praise God, hallelujah. The fivefold is virgin, hallelujah. They started with the Holy Spirit, their life. When you start reading Matthew 25, verse 1, they started fine with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. They had all you. Hallelujah. But they didn't have enough oil to last them. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was the problem there. They started with oil, but they ran out of oil. Somehow the Holy Spirit walked away from them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Like it happens to anybody. So, it, it, hallelujah. Praise God. It's very important that we don't take, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, for granted. Praise God. Hallelujah. He can walk away from your life. He walked away from Samson. Hallelujah. When Sansa thought everything was fine, and he was playing game with God, he was tempting God, because he, he was not supposed to be playing game with that woman. Praise God, hallelujah. Because he knew that woman was tempting him, Delilah, praise God, hallelujah. 
She knew she knew that the devil was using this woman to tempt him, hallelujah. But now he started playing with her, playing game with her, praise God, hallelujah. And what did the Holy Spirit did? He walked away from Samson, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he will do this, hallelujah, if you stop playing game with him. Praise God, hallelujah. He will do this, hallelujah. He loves you, hallelujah. He, he wants to remain in, like he remained in Jesus, hallelujah, for 33 years and a half, hallelujah. But he will walk away from your life, hallelujah, or three years and a half, which is, it was his ministry, praise God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Act 1A, hallelujah. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, praise God, hallelujah. And you will be able, to, hallelujah, will be my witnesses, Jesus says, in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and the end of the earth. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. See, the Holy, the Holy Spirit will empower you to preach this gospel. Praise God, hallelujah. So, the Holy Spirit can, will empower you, hallelujah, to, to pray for other people, to minister to other people, hallelujah. He will not leave you alone. He will be right there with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take a break now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Like she had told me before, they got many families living in one house, one apartment in Israel, and a lot of these people, families sleeping on the floor, and they had to supply them with food. They, 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 they help them with clothes. Anything they need, they're helping these people with in Israel. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, because when they have these fires way back, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. A lot of the homes got burned out, hallelujah, and, and, and hallelujah, these people now are sleeping in other brothers and sisters' houses, hallelujah, and it's very, very hard, hallelujah, because they got to support these people, hallelujah, and this is what they're doing, praise God, hallelujah, and we know how the, the Messianic has been persecuted in Israel, praise God, hallelujah, this is why we need to pay for it, pray for Israel and pray for, these, for the Messianics, hallelujah, in Israel, because the Christians are being persecuted, hallelujah, by the Orthodox Jews, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, God have mercy on them, hallelujah, because hallelujah, they have believed in Yeshua, and Jesus the Messiah, praise God, hallelujah, and for that they are being persecuted in Israel, praise God, hallelujah, although there's so much freedom in Israel, hallelujah, they, they sing, the rabbi sings, hallelujah, to forget, hallelujah, who died for for humanity on the cross, and they have not received Jesus as the Messiah yet. Praise God. They will receive him on the end, hallelujah, the seven-year tribulation, which is about to start any day, hallelujah. So what the Lord was showing me last night, hallelujah, was that, hallelujah, th there's no way we can say we're in the tribulation now, okay, because one of the signs that Paul talks about when he talks about the men of sin, Praise God, hallelujah, is that the Holy Spirit is going to be taken out, okay? As soon as the men of sin manifest themselves, in another word, right from the beginning of the tribulation, there will be no Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. There will be no Holy Spirit. And if you read uh, the parable of the ten virgins, one thing that you notice is that the virgin they go with the Holy Spirit, and the door is shut. Praise God, and the one that, are, that stay behind, the five foolish virgins, praise God, are the ones that don't have the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what's going to happen in the tribulation. There will be no Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. And this is what the Lord was showing me last night. Hallelujah. So I can tell people, because people were asking me, we're in the tribulation. So the, the Lord, hallelujah, knew that I, that I wanted to know this, hallelujah. And very clearly he showed me the difference from now that we have the Holy Spirit until the tribulation when we're not going to have the Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. So this is one thing that people have forgotten, hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit is holding everything together, praise God, right now. And that be, be, before the tribulation starts, he's going to be taken out with the church. Praise God, hallelujah. And then the door will be shut, the door of heaven. Praise God. And then everybody who dies in the tribulation, the Lord has told us very clear. We have no, no, no doubt, no argument, no confusion. Very clear we know this. Hallelujah. And it says today in Matthew 25 that the door will be shut. The people are going are gonna to be taken to the bodies, not to the first level of heaven, not to the third level of heaven. Because in order for you to be going to the first level, the third level, the Father has to approve it. Praise God, hallelujah. It's very clear on the verses that I'm reading that the Father is the one that giveth the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, I will ask the Father to give you the Counselor in John. Praise God, hallelujah. So very clear, hallelujah. And also when he says, hallelujah, hallelujah, if you're being bad, give good things to your kid, hallelujah, how much me, your Father in heaven will give you the Holy Spirit. Very clear, the Father gives the Holy Spirit. The Father is the one that allows you to enter heaven. 
And the Father has said clearly, he will not let anybody from the tribulation enter heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. He will not do this. Hallelujah. You will not find this in the Bible. That God said that he, people will receive the Holy Spirit in the tribulation because this will not happen. Praise God. It's very clear. When, when Read the book of Colossians and Thessalonians. It's there. Hallelujah. The men of sin cannot manifest themselves with the Holy Spirit down here. The Holy Spirit will not allow him to take control of, of the world government yet. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will not allow him. Praise God. Hallelujah. He will not allow him. Praise God. Hallelujah. To do this, he will not allow the menace in the Antichrist. Praise God, hallelujah. That old serpent, the devil, praise God, hallelujah, in the flesh. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. He will not allow him to do this, hallelujah. But once the Holy Spirit is taken out, like the Lord showed me last night, I saw the beginning of the, of the tribulation. There was no Holy Spirit. And what did I see? Okay, the first thing I saw is because the rapture is going to be such a special event that is about to happen. The Lord showed me after the, the trumpet sound, after the people went up in the rapture. That is when I came back. Hallelujah. My revelation one night, the Lord brought me back. Hallelujah. And my family in New Jersey was asking, Alvi, what are you doing back here? They know I'm Christian. They know I'm serving the Lord. They know I'm preaching the rapture. They know I'm waiting for the rapture. Praise God. Hallelujah. If any of my brothers are listening right now, brothers in the flesh I'm talking about, praise God. Hallelujah. But my family are those, like Jesus said, that are serving God. Those are my brothers and sisters. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So, the Lord showed me that everybody was confused. Confusion was the first thing. They knew that they did not listen to the radical Christians that were saying the rapture was going to come. They made so much fun of these radical Christians who, who did this... Um, this, this church that kept on saying for years that the rapture was going to come, the rapture was going to come, we, we sound for all this year like a broken record. Praise God, hallelujah, to these people. And they were just tired of hearing this on TV, on the radio, on the street, you know, everywhere hearing that these radical Christians saying the rapture is going to happen, the rapture is going to happen. They did not believe. They made fun of us, hallelujah. But the Lord showed me these people that made fun of us. Praise God, after the rapture happened last night, and what I saw, they were very confused. They had no doubt that what, what had taken place, hallelujah, that, that the rapture ha happens. And people, thousands have disappeared, and especially the children. Hallelujah. They, the children is what's going to blow people's minds up. Why? Praise God, hallelujah. Because there's going to be so much children taken up in the rapture. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. It was, at least a neighbor or someone that, that knows a lot of people in the community is going to be taken up. And the people that know that knew that man who was, uh, uh, they call him crazy, talking about the rapture and talking about going home, hallelujah. That man was taken away, hallelujah. And now what I saw these people was talking among each other. Oh, my God, we stay. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen to us now? Oh, my God. And they, they, they turned so cold. Because one thing that we forgot and that I saw last night was, praise God, hallelujah, and what the Lord revealed to me is that the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, since he was not here, people were not being convicted of sin. Now they were going out crazy. Hallelujah. One thing the Lord showed me was in another revelation of the tribulation, which last night I could see the similarity, hallelujah. Is that there will be a lot of young girls being raped up there. They're going to rape a lot of young girls as soon as the tribulation starts. 
And I saw this, and this was so horrible. Horrible. But why are they doing this? They're not doing it now. Uh, the general population is not going crazy, not raping everybody. Well, hallelujah, when the tribulation starts, it's going to be common for you to see someone being raped in the street, in your community, everywhere. People, chaos. It's chaos that is coming on the world. On the world. Praise God, hallelujah. So I saw this family a few months after the tribulation started, hallelujah, last night. Praise God, hallelujah. hallelujah. The Lord took me slowly into, the, into going into the tribulation. And what I saw, a family of four, there was, they, they was this small business selling like apples, oranges, and all these. Praise God, hallelujah. And these, these families were so hungry. Uh, there was no paycheck coming from the government. Uh, no welfare help or assistance, hallelujah, from the government. Praise No type of check, no SSI check, hallelujah. Praise hallelujah. Nothing, 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 nothing people were getting. Imagine millions of people in America that get, they get a month, monthly check from the government, hallelujah, from, the, for the, from this insurance company, hallelujah, and different checks, hallelujah, di different assistance from the government. Now they realize then to the tribulations, there's no check coming in. Praise God, hallelujah. And what, what were people doing? This is what the Lord was showing me. They went to steal from this small uh, store, hallelujah. This guy came out with a shotgun, praise God, hallelujah, and just started shooting them. And I was there looking at this, and I was telling this guy, because I saw how they were bleeding themselves to death. Praise God, hallelujah. But one thing the Bible says about the tribulation is that death is not going to be found. It's going to elude them. It says in the, in the book um, of Revelation, praise God, hallelujah. And I saw he shot the young kid, hallelujah. He, he was not more than, than 11 years old, praise God, hallelujah. And he was there, mommy, daddy, I'm hurt, look, I'm hurt. And he was bleeding. And I was telling the guy, how can you do this? How can you just kill this kid for two apples? He just grabbed two apples, so he's hungry. And you are killing him just for this? Oh, come on. And the guy would say, to, you know what the guy said to me? I don't care. He stole from me. I'm going to kill him. And I was like, oh, my goodness. The Lord is so right. This is going to be the most horrible event that is about to unfold. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the Lord gave me the sense of how close this tribulation is. I was like. People of God, we need to we need to have we need to open our eyes. Praise God, hallelujah. We need to open our eye and eyes and realize how close this tribulation is about to start. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And we need to hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Come closer to His Holy Spirit. Walk in a closeness and a relationship with Him. Speak to the Holy Spirit in prayer. Thank God for His Holy Spirit. Praise, worship God, hallelujah. Repent to the Lord if you have said, hallelujah. If you have said anything against His Holy Spirit, praise God, hallelujah. If you have thought anything, if you come in and if you sin against the Holy Spirit, I repent to the Lord if I sin against the Holy Spirit, which we do, hallelujah, with thoughts, with a heart, with different way, hallelujah. So we want to have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. Because the Lord, hallelujah, showed me, and, and he, made, he made sure I knew last night that the reason he wanted to show me is so I can share this, hallelujah, and, the, and that I will know, hallelujah, that his people, his people will know how close this is. 
Praise God, hallelujah. Because, I mean, he's been having, having me bring this Bible study about the end time. Praise God. So he wants to make sure his people are getting the latest information from heaven of what is happening, what is about to unfold, what is God is about to do. Praise God. He wants us to be ready now. Wait, wait until you hear what my brother Larry has from God tonight. It's going to be an eye-opening. Praise God. The Lord gave him a wonderful dream last night. Hallelujah. He shared this with me today on the phone. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I told him, bring it to the people. He, the, God told him to bring it to his people anyway. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Larry is very obedient to our Father. Praise God. And we thank God for that. Hallelujah. Because that's what we need. Hallelujah. We, we need people to be bold in the Lord. To bring whatever God gives to them. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid to bring anything. I don't care if they, don't, they call me crazy or fanatic, hallelujah, whatever they want to call me, hallelujah. I am called by God to do this. Hallelujah. I am called by God to preach His word, hallelujah. And I'm not going to stop, hallelujah. I'm going to continue until the second that trumpet sound, hallelujah, and I'm taken out of here because I'm going to that first level and I'm going to go fishing, hallelujah, and I'm going to enjoy my time with my kids and my family. And that heaven, hallelujah, I'm planning myself right now. Praise God. The Lord knows how much I love fishing. And I want to go to heaven and go out fishing. I want to go out with the Lord. I want to go out with my kids to the beautiful park. Those beautiful scenes that I sing, hallelujah, in heaven. And that tremendous peace of God, hallelujah. I want, to, I, I, I want to go to those Bible studies in heaven where they talk about the knowledge of God with those, those angels and those redeemed that I sing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Soon I'm going to be going to these, these places. I don't want to be bothered by anybody, praise God, hallelujah. I want to enjoy my time with God, praise God, hallelujah. I want to have a long time with Jesus, where Jesus and I are in a boat fishing, and I'm talking to Jesus, and I'm asking him all kinds of questions, and I'm feeling his, I'm feeling his presence, his glory, praise God, hallelujah. I'm waiting for this, hallelujah. I, you know, praise God, I'm going through difficult time and certain things here, down here, like, but it doesn't matter what I'm going through down here. Because I'm already planning what I'm going to be doing in heaven very soon. Hallelujah. I'm looking out for going to heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Where I'm going to really enjoy it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have no worry, no concern out there like the Bible says. Hallelujah. So praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to hug you. When we go up in the rapture, brothers and sisters, I'm going to go give you a hug. I'm going to, I'm going to welcome you to heaven. And you might welcome me. Hallelujah. I, I will give you a few minutes. Hallelujah. I will hug you. You know, and you might say, brother, I was listening to your radio talks on, on, on earth. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to give you time. But then I'm going to tell you, brother, it's just, excuse me, but I got to go and have some time with the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, you know, my time is going to be very busy with God. There's so much about God that I don't know, that I want to know. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, after he gave me this dream last night, Hallelujah. He let me felt heaven again. And he, he reminded me of a word he told me before, the last time he took me to that first level. He said to me, my son, your feet are almost up here, he said to me. When he showed me this last night, the Lord said this morning, the Lord came down on me. Hallelujah. What a tremendous and beautiful presence. And the Lord said to me, remember what I told you, my son, in the first level? I told you that your feet are almost up here. Did you see how close this is for you, to, for you to come on now? And I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord. I have forgotten that you told me that. Praise God. Thank you, God, for Jesus for reminding me this. I am so excited at what the Lord is revealing me and showing me. But not only me, all his people, praise God, hallelujah. And I know that this, this rapture is imminent. 
Praise God, hallelujah. There's nothing else that needs to happen but the rapture of the church. Praise God, hallelujah. Very soon, brothers and sisters, there are many of you that I don't know you personally. Amy, my brother Chance, I, I don't know you personally. I, I only talk to you through email or through the Internet. Praise God, hallelujah. But I'm going to see you face-to-face on that first level very, very soon, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. We're going to rejoice, brothers and sisters. We're going to hug one another very, very soon. This, this is about to happen. Praise God, hallelujah. So, before I leave, I, I want to write an email to the people that I know. Praise God, hallelujah. Not to get the mark of the beast. The people that are listening to me, hallelujah, that think that this rapture is a crazy idea, let me tell you, don't get the mark of the beast, hallelujah. And good luck in the seven-year tribulation, hallelujah. Good luck, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. That's all I can tell you right now. Praise God, hallelujah. But don't get the mark of the beast. One thing, hallelujah, that is going to be so difficult, hallelujah, because the reason the mark of the beast is going to be implemented in the tribulation, hallelujah, is because, hallelujah, people won't be able to buy or sell. According to the book of Revelation, clear, it's there. They won't be able to buy or sell or get any type of assistance from the government, hallelujah, in the tribulation unless they get the mark on their hands or on their forehead. Praise God, hallelujah. So, so it's, it's going to be very serious. Hallelujah, people, God, hallelujah. You, if, if you stay in this tribulation, you're going to have to eat from the garbage or you better save a lot of food now. Foods that won't perish for seven years. If you think you can find food that won't perish for seven years, hallelujah, praise God. I know they saw this bucket, emergency bucket, it's called an Amazon, praise God, hallelujah, that you can get on the last year up to 20 years, they say. I don't know how true that is, praise God, hallelujah, because there's so much things being set up that are not true. Praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. But, a lot, you know, praise God, if you have the money and, and you want to be nice to your neighbor who's staying in the tribulation, buy him one of these buckets. Hallelujah. And put a note inside. Hallelujah. Put in that note set. Don't get the mark of the beast. Hallelujah. Make this bucket last you in those seven years. Praise God. Hallelujah. Be nice to your neighbor or your family member who don't believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. Who don't want to hear you telling them about this ratchet or Jesus. Hallelujah. Be nice to them. Order a bucket for them. Hallelujah. It's only $100. Bless them. Hallelujah. Before you go to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because you're, you're, you're not going to worry about food when you go to heaven. There's all kinds of food up there available for you, hallelujah. Everything that you need, it's, it's already waiting for you. The Lord showed me that, that, that he built, hallelujah, houses for people that are ready for the people, hallelujah, that are going up. But make sure you give to the poor in Israel. You give your tithes and offering. Make sure you do that, hallelujah, because that will give, give you a nicest mansion in that first level or the third level, hallelujah, whatever you're ready for, hallelujah. Because if your spirit and your soul is in that first level, you're going to the first level. But if your spirit and your soul is in the third level where the Father is, you're going to the third level. Praise God. Hallelujah. So just make sure, hallelujah, you want to ask God in prayer, where is your soul and your spirit? Because by knowing that, praise God, you, you know where you're going to, to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. But if your soul is in the compartment, praise God. Hallelujah. In hell, which is protected by angels, and nothing will happen to your soul and your spirit there. Then you might be going to the valleys. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. 
the valley's not bad. There are people that are going to go to the valley, that they're, they're going to find the Lord and their life in the valley. Praise God. And they're going to go move out to the first level. Hallelujah. There are people like the Lord showed you, Thomas, that will never get out of the valleys. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's very important that you know, hallelujah, where you're going. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing is, hallelujah, praise hallelujah, that the horrible thing that I was telling people, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, is that this tribulation, there will be no Holy Spirit, hallelujah. What's going to happen? Your spiritual eyes, hallelujah, the horror, hallelujah, the terrible things that the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, is protecting you from, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, will come to be one to you. In another word, you will be able to see this demon, this horrible demon. Praise God. This demon that we've been, that my brother Larry was telling you last night. Praise God. Hallelujah. That this demon, that, hallelujah, these that look like people out there, you will be able to see the reality. They will not be able to fool you anymore. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So this is going to be a, a terrible thing, so I'm going to say. Because a lot of people, like I saw in another revelation, the Lord gave me about the tribulation, they were terrified of this demon. They looked so horrible, so horrible, that people could not look at them. Hallelujah. And they were turning right in their faces into these horror creatures. Just, just when you read Revelation, like I was reading you this two nights ago, about these, these locusts, hallelujah, that, that, praise God, hallelujah, I'm going to turn, they're going to turn right into your face looking like human, like this terrible uh, scorpion right in front of you, with a tail that can, that, that can, praise God, that, that can sting you, hallelujah, and cause you pain, horrible pain, you're going to throw yourself on the ground with this horrible pain and this tribulation, praise God, hallelujah. There's so much horrible things coming in this tribulation that I don't want to stay around to see it. I want to go with the Lord. The Lord has shown me so much of what's coming in this tribulation. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. I will continue tomorrow to talk about these things. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise, because I know this will help so much people, hallelujah. Praise God. Our brother Larry is coming. He has something very important to share with you from the Lord, hallelujah. And I want to hear what Larry has to say, and I know you want to hear. Praise God, hallelujah. So I'll be back, hallelujah, in three days. Praise God in three to four minutes. Praise God, hallelujah. I'll be back. Praise Jesus, hallelujah.
God, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to, uh, before I put my brother Larry on, I want to apologize. Hallelujah. Because I'm getting people are telling me that they cannot get into the chat room. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking into what is going on. Hallelujah. Why some people. Hallelujah. If you need help. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, my brother Chance can help you. Hallelujah. I believe he's... he's um, if you go to the Lord's Hour dot com, Hallelujah. The Lord's Hour dot com. The Lord will ask, praise God, Hallelujah. And you can email our brother Chan, uh, Chance Brush, or Hallelujah, and he he will help you, praise God, Hallelujah. He's the IT of the program, praise God, Hallelujah. And let him know that you've been trying to to log into the chat room and you're not being able to, praise God, Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, but just. When you go into the chat room and ask you for a username, just put any any username you want to put in there. Praise God, hallelujah. And it should let you log in. Praise God, hallelujah. And when you have some time, just, just click click into the membership of the Black Talk Radio. Praise God, hallelujah. It, it, the instruction is, is on the website, theloisdotware.com too. Praise God, hallelujah. And, and that will help you to make it easier next time to log in log into the, into the chat room. Praise God, hallelujah. Uh, we will welcome you when you come into the chat room. I really apologize to the people. Hallelujah. I know there are new people coming into the show because they are listening to the show for the first time. Hallelujah. And we want to encourage people to, to continue to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, as we promised, hallelujah, uh, Brother Larry Demaris. Brother Alvi, how are you? how are you doing? We're doing good, brother. God bless you. It's going to be a very special night. Praise God, hallelujah. So go ahead, brother. Give to the people what God has been giving you last night. Praise God, hallelujah. Children of God, tonight is going to be a very, very special night. Everybody needs a rabbi. That's what it says on our website. The only rabbi we need is the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Lord Jesus Christ is very disappointed with his church, as you're going to find out tonight. And he is going to do something about it. And he's going to do something about it right now. The Holy Lord Jesus Christ on this radio show 
is going to come and minister to you, his children, through this radio show. First I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about our dream, and we're going to talk about the church, and then we're going to call the Holy Lord Jesus Christ down in his Holy Spirit. He will come. The glory from the Father will come. The fire from the Holy Spirit will come. And the Lord Jesus Christ will minister to you in your own house. All right, here we go. Holy Lord Jesus, I know this is very special for you. As your Father has told me, the Lord wants to minister to you. He wants to minister to you all of your needs. We've been going to the Lord with one thing. Lord, I need this. Please help me with this. The Lord is very disappointed with his church, and he's decided to take matters into his own hands. The Lord wants to become your personal rabbi. You go to the Lord. We're going to start tonight. We're going to call him down tonight. We're going to pray to him. We're going to praise him. And the Lord will come in your house tonight and minister to you, not in one thing, in all of your needs. All right, let's move forward. Holy Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for wanting to help your children. Thank you, Holy Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for putting your foot forward, for putting your foot down on this abomination of a church that's down here. I apologize for this church, Holy Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for taking matters into your own hand. God Almighty is going to minister to us, children of God. God Almighty is going to minister to us. Holy Lord Jesus, may I speak to my Father. Holy Father, please rain your glory down. Rain your glory down now. As you told me, as you told me you were going to do today. As you told me that everyone will know that this is coming direct from your throne. As you told me you want your Son to minister to us, to be our personal rabbi. I went to your Son today and I asked him, Lord Jesus... Would you please be my rabbi? He says, yes, my son. I will conduct all your ministering needs, as I will all my children that come to me. We don't want anyone else except the Lord ministering to us. No pastors, no priests, no rabbis, just Rabbi Jesus. That's it. That's all we need. We need nothing else. Father, thank you, Father, for your wonderful son. Thank you, Father, for your glory. Thank you, Father. Father, may I be excused? Holy Spirit of God, please rain your fire down right now on all on all of your children listening to this show. Show them, show them, Holy Spirit, the power, the magnificent power and glory, the great and mighty Holy Spirit of God. Come down, Holy Spirit. Put your children in the fire. Put your children in the fire that's listening to this show. Put them in the fire, Holy Spirit of God. In Jesus' name I ask this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to do is share a quick dream with you that I had last night. And then we're going to play an audio clip. I'm running behind already here. All right. I had a dream last night that was as real as can real be. I was driving down a country road. I'm in New Hampshire, a hilly, windy country road. And it was nighttime. Pitch black outside, no stars. And I'm just driving along, and all of a sudden, right in front of me, I see a car. I mean, it was 
two or three feet in front of me. It was in the wrong lane. I was in the right lane. This one was in the right lane. I said, oh, my goodness, here we go. And I thought I was for real. So it was a blue Nissan of about a 2003 Sentra. That's how close I got to it. Boom, we smashed right into the car. I go through the window, and I'm flying up in the air. I said, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. All of a sudden, an angel comes from my right side. And, and he, he grasped me in his grasp. It was a warrior angel. And I could feel him hold me. He lifted me up into the air and brought me safely down to the other side of the road. Then I heard a voice say, where did all these angels come from? This angel and all the other angels started ministering to the people in the crash. And I said to the Holy Spirit, how come I didn't get hurt? I have no... No scratches on me. I went through the windshield. He says, my son, you have a protective hedge on. You're completely protected. I said, Holy Spirit, how many angels are traveling with me at any time? He said, BG, 25 and 100. Oh, my goodness. This is real. Children of God, this is real. I'm going to give you one more dream, and we're going to play an audio clip. This was, this real, this was a, real, a real event. I was going down the street to get gas. I stopped at a light. I seen a car with a bunch of guys in it making faces at me, okay, and I pulled up to the next light. This guy pulled down the window, and he was, he was talking to me. So I pulled down the window, and he starts blaspheming God left and right. I don't want to mention the words he was saying. I rolled the window up real quick, and I said, Holy Spirit, what's that? He says, he's a demon. He's a demon. I said, how did he know that I was a guy? He's, the Holy Spirit, he said, he's seen all the angels around your car. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Here we go. First, we're going to start by calling down some angels. Holy Lord Jesus, please bring down your holy, holy prayer angels from your throne room and form a prayer circle around every single person that's listening to this radio show. Holy Lord Jesus, please. Bring down your ministering angels so they may prepare the way for the Holy Lord Jesus to come down and minister to his minister to his children. Thank you, Holy Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Lord Jesus. If anyone, Holy Lord Jesus, doesn't have a protective hedge around them, now please, please, please grant them this, a temporary protective hedge. I'll say one more thing, and we'll play the audio clip. Again, we're running way behind. All right. Today, the devil messed with my computer. So I said to the Father, Father, I don't, we don't want anything to happen tonight. I'll take care of it, my son. Next thing I know, the devil, his kings, his demons, the principalities were thrown in to the pit of hell, locked up. There's, no, there, there's peace in the world now. They're all locked up, and the Father took all the power away from them. The Lord then took all the power away from the witches and warlocks. There will be peace tonight and tomorrow night till midnight. They're all locked up. The devil has no power. He can't do anything to anybody. So if anybody's been tormented by demons, they won't be any longer. Not until next. Not till tomorrow night at midnight. This, this nothing is going to stop this ministry of the Lord. Okay, chance. If you could play the audio clip, this audio clip is going to talk about the church. Okay, and it says it plain as it can be. This is the problem with the church. This is why the Lord is ministering to us tonight. Go ahead, chance. 
Well, I'm. <laughs> I guess. I we haven't got the clip yet. All right. Well, let me talk. This is a lady from Cameroon. Okay, and she's talking about the church being very dirty. Okay, and the Lord can't. Uh, he can't go into his church. And a chance. Do we have we have an audio problem? Here we go. Here we go, folks. Praise the Lord. My name is Claire Andun from Cameroon. I speak French, but I pray that the Lord will give me the grace to give this testimony in English. This is it. It was uh, on Tuesday when I decided to go for a retreat in my church. Three-day retreat. We have a program for deliverance, personal deliverance. So we have to fast for three days without eating, without drinking any water. So I took my children, I went to church. Wednesday, we start Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Friday. Friday when I was sleeping in the church, after the, after all the all the sisters and prayer were finished, and sister will finish to pray, I, we went to rest because the body was tired, we need to rest. So I took my children and I feed them, then I went to bed. When I went to bed, I slept. Immediately I slept deep in my sleep. I saw myself and my children in, our, in the church. And uh, in our church, the youth, they were doing a program, drama. Immediately, when I was concentrating, watching the youth doing the program, the Lord opened my eyes and He took me in, in His spirit in a place. It looks like a, a restaurant. Inside that restaurant, I can see lots of people sitting down. But the Holy Spirit mentioned to me, He said, Among all those people, only one person is my child. You know, when you go to airport, you will see police officer with um, a, a machine. You know, if you have drug on you, the machine will be doing. So that's what I saw. The way the Holy Spirit was like a machine passing on people like this. But that machine was not making noise. When he reached one, a man, a man was sitting on the table, he was eating. The machine made three. And I can, I can, and I can read the name of that man. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Only this man will be. He's a, child, he's a child of God. Then he took me to a place. Lots of people. He said, only this person is a child of God. Then I said, ah, among all the Christians, all the Christians in this world, only one, a child of God. Then when I was asking myself like this, my eyes opened again. And I looked up in the sky. I saw horses coming as if they are going to war. Ah, I was asking, Lord Jesus. When I said, Lord Jesus, I saw the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on in the house. You know, the first lane, there were three persons. The Lord Jesus Christ in the middle, the horse in the right, another horse in the, in the left. In this horse, there were angels of God. The horse with wings, angel of God. All, the, all of them were in pure white. But what I noticed, 
the Lord Jesus Christ didn't even look at me. They were great with direction. I can see the horse. I can see the, the, the legs on the horse. Very white, very clean. Oh, my, our God is holy. Nothing like impure. They, they were so shining, all of them. And I noticed under them, they were sky, you know, clouds. They were going, 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 going. I said, ah, where are they going like this? I was asking myself, you know. Enough, you know, those, those angels, you cannot number them. You know, there were Jesus, uh, horse in the left, horse, uh, angels, uh, horse in the right with angels. Behind them, you know, a line of horses and angels going to that direction, the same direction with Jesus Christ. You can't nomad them as if they are going to war. All I can, I can hear is that sound. Then, after I went, what I noticed, they landed on earth. When they landed on earth now, cars, then I saw our Lord Jesus Christ coming down. And I saw his face. The face was, it was not black, it was not white. It looks like all those um, uh, Pakistanian people. They are not black, they are not, they are not white. So, and the hair was like white man. But I noticed he has a very nice shoulder. You know, very handsome. Oh, our Lord Jesus Christ is handsome. Very handsome. In white. But he was not happy. So angry. But he was going towards the church. I saw what I knew. I know it's a church because I can see two doors. The two doors look like a church. And he was going towards that church. He wanted to open it. He left the angel behind. He came down from the house. He was going to the church. When he went to the church, he wanted to open the door. Then the Lord Jesus screamed. He said, No! 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 My church is so dirty. You know, he was looking at the angel and said, My church is too dirty. My church is too dirty. He wanted he, he want to, to go back to the house. Then he turned back. Try again to go and open the door. Then he said, No! No! My chest is so dirty. My chest is so dirty. I can't go in. I can't go in. Ha! I was there. I said, ah! Ha! Ha! They went, when, when I was there, oh, I was surprised. I said, ah! All, all the Christians, nobody, nobody. The, the, the church cannot, Jesus cannot go inside the church. Nobody. Then my eyes opened again. I saw, you know, the angels were there with the horse. They were waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was there, you know, the door, trying to open the door. He can't, and he was screaming, you know, with anger in his face. Then when I, 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 what I saw, I saw lots of Christians, you know, the other side, in the other side. All of them were crying, Lord Jesus, take us with you. Take us with you. Take us with you. And what I saw, I saw Jesus was saying, no, no. My church is so dirty. My church is so dirty. I can't. And they will keep on saying, Lord Jesus, take us with you. Take us with you. And what I noticed, my brother, was not good. I noticed all the Christians, you know, although they were singing, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were screaming, Jesus, take us with you. All of them were naked. All of them were naked. I don't understand. 
But that's what I saw. All of them were doing like this. Lord Jesus, take us with you. But the Lord Jesus Christ was screaming, I can't. My church is so dirty. But they were naked. And I was scared. That's when I stood up. When I stood up, brother, ah, I was asked, Lord, if there's only dirty in my life, Please remove it, remove it, remove it. I ran into the other room. I spoke to the sister. I said, Look, Jesus Christ wants to come, but the church is too dirty. The church is too dirty. And they asked me, What's the name of the church? I said, No, there was no name. There was no name. This is the church of Christ. Brother, this is the time for us to stand up, to wake up, start searching our own life. Are we ready to meet our Lord Jesus Christ? This Jesus Christ that we are screaming every day, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Are we so confident that we are going to meet our Lord Jesus Christ? Brother, start searching our life. Let every church, let every man of God gather the members asking for the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I pray, after listening to this testimony, you go back to yourself. Start asking God. Please God, judge me. Any unclean in my life, anything that makes you to run away from me, please, oh Lord, remove it in the name of Jesus. Brother, we don't want to be surprised that when the Lord Jesus Christ will come, will not amount the rapture. Hallelujah. Well, that's it, uh, children of God. That woman, Claire, says it a lot better than I can say it. I've been saying it since I've been on the air. The church is not of God. It's of the devil. I don't care if it's the Christian church, the Catholic church, the Jewish church. My father told me today that that this church down here is an abomination to him and his son. He wants nothing to do with it. If you don't have a church that's preaching what Alvi preached the first hour, what I've been preaching, get out of there and run for the hills. Whatever you do, don't give them your money. Give it to the poor in Israel. There's plenty of, of choices on, on, on Alvi's website, thelordshour.com. Okay, this, this is serious business here. The church is not ready. This is why the Lord has come down. He's come down right now. The presence of the Lord is all over me. And if you're sitting somewhere, I know the presence of the Lord is on you right now. Okay? He's going to minister to us in a couple of minutes. I'm going to read a scripture, and we're going to say the prayer to clean ourselves up, and then we're going to call the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, our rabbi, to come down and minister to us. Okay? This is, this is, this is serious business. He wants to get the people that are listening to this show ready for the rapture. People say, well, I don't know how to read this prayer. Well, I'm going to read it with you. Okay, we're going to go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. This is the church of Lusodia, okay? It says, I know your deeds. This is the Lord talking to you. You are neither cold nor hot. Now, the Lord has told me that these people are the ones that really aggravate them. If you don't want nothing to do with them, fine. Go with your father, the devil, okay? But if you want something to do with him, you've got to commit your life to him. He's got to be first in your life. He doesn't want lukewarm, okay? So, all right. I wish you were either hot or cold. So, because you are lukewarm, 
neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. The Holy Spirit led me to this scripture today. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in a fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. What did Claire say? They were all naked. We're the church of Lacedia. We're lukewarm. We're telling the Lord, I want to go with you, Lord. I want to go with you. But we don't want to make the commitment. Okay. And solve to put on your eyes so you can see. He wants everyone to open their eyes. Like Alvi said, open your eyes, children of God. What time are we at? Where are we? We're ready to go home. Those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. I know that for a fact. So be earnest and repent. Repent, children of God. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He wants a personal relationship with me. As Albie's been saying, he wants a personal relationship with you. This is God Almighty. To him who overcome. I will give you the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All right. That's real plain and right to the point. God has told me over and over for a long period of time that the people that are lukewarm are the ones that he detests the most. If you, if you say to him, I don't want nothing to do with you, God, Okay, I want to I want to live down here. I don't believe you. Fine, go with your father, the devil. He don't care. You made your choice. That there's all these people telling him, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And as we've said before, when you tell God Almighty you're going to do something, you better darn well do it. All right, I'm going to go over this prayer, okay, with you, and I want everyone to say this prayer with me as I'm saying it. We got to clean ourselves up before the Lord comes down to minister to us. All right, the first thing is confession of sins, okay? Holy Lord Jesus, I confess every sin I have committed in my lifetime and every sin committed through my complete generational and ancestral lines. We're responsible for those sins. I also confess every soul tie I have ever made and all the sins generated through those soul ties, through my complete generational and ancestral lines. I confess every sin that I have committed in my dreams and every sin committed by my generation and ancestral lines in their dreams. I now cover all these grievous sins with the holy blood of our Lord and Savior, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, and take full and total responsibility for all these sins. Please, Holy Lord Jesus, forgive all of my sins. Lord Jesus, please forgive everyone's sins that's listening to this broadcast. Please have mercy on your children. Have mercy. Humble yourself in front of the Lord now and ask Him to forgive every one of your sins. The Lord has forgiven everyone's sins that's listening to this program. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy, This is a repentance we're going to do now. Holy Lord Jesus, I sincerely repent every sin I have committed in my lifetime up to this very second. I will make a sincere 100% effort not to commit sin these sins ever again. This is very important. That's what a sincere repentance is. 
not to say that you're sorry, to tell the Lord you're going to make a 100% effort to stop these sins. I sincerely repent every sin from my complete and generational ancestral line. I sincerely repent all the sins that I have ever committed in all my dreams to this very second and every sin my generational ancestral line committed in their dreams. I sincerely repent every soul tie I have ever made and all the sins generated through those soul ties all the way back through my complete generational and ancestral lines. I cover these sins with the holy blood of the Holy Lord Jesus Christ and take full and total responsibility for all of these grievous sins. The key is you taking total responsibility. Holy Lord Jesus, I humbly ask you to please accept my sincere repentance. Start repenting, children of God. Tell the Lord your story, and you ask him humbly to accept your sincere repentance. I sincerely repent, Holy Lord Jesus, every single sin I've ever committed in my entire lifetime, through my generational line, through my ancestral line, through my dreams, through my soul ties. I sincerely repent these sins, Holy Lord Jesus. In your holy, holy, holy name, Holy Lord Jesus, please accept my sincere repentance. More repentance. I sincerely repent, Holy Lord Jesus. I sincerely repent. I sincerely repent in your holy name. The Lord has accepted every sincere repentance by everybody that's sincerely repented that's listening to this radio program. All right. Now, ask the Holy Lord Jesus Christ to lift off your back all of the above-mentioned sins and burn them with his holy fire, the holy fire of the Holy Spirit. Holy Lord Jesus, please lift all of these sins off of my back. Please lift all these sins off of everyone's back that's listening to this broadcast. Holy Lord Jesus, now, light them with your holy fire. He says he's doing this, my son. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cover my back with your holy blood and cover and cover me from the top of my head to the tip of, to tip of my toes with your holy blood. It's done. This is real important. Cleansing and purification. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my heart with your precious blood and holy fire. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my soul with your precious blood and your holy fire. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my spirit with your precious blood and holy fire. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my mind and subconscious mind with your precious blood and holy fire. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my flesh with your precious blood and holy fire. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify all my record-keeping books in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Done. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and holy fire. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my flesh with your precious blood and your holy fire. Holy Lord Jesus, are your children cleansed cleansed and purified in your eyes that are listening to this broadcast. Yes, they are, my son. All right. Ask the Holy Lord Jesus to break any demonic curse off you. Now, Holy Lord Jesus, please break any and all demonic curses off of all your children that are listening. Done. Holy Lord Jesus, please extricate all demonic beings 
from any person that are affecting his life in any way. Done. Please close all my open doors in my life, in my generational ancestral lines. Please close all open doors caused by my soul ties through their generational ancestral line. Please still shut all these open doors with your holy blood and your holy fire. Please put my soul and flesh deep into your holy fire that you may cleanse and totally purify me that I may be purged from all sin. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, please grant me a protective hedge as you granted your servant Job and a protective wall of fire, okay, that protects me from the demonic realm. It's done. Please put this protective hedge and wall of fire between my flesh here on earth and my soul and spirit and record-keeping books and robe and gown in heaven. It's done. Holy Lord Jesus, I humbly come before you, the one true God, and beseech you to ask your great and mighty Holy Spirit to please help me stop sinning. Holy Spirit. Let's tell Holy Spirit telling me that anyone that asks him, he will help him. Please, Holy Lord Jesus, grant me your faithful servant in this blessing. The Holy Spirit will help anyone that calls on him in humility and in sincere repentance. Holy Lord Jesus, please intercede for me with your Father in heaven. And if in your eyes I am worthy to please ask my Father to please put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. The key phrase here, children of God, is if you are worthy in the Lord's eyes. All right, please, great and mighty Holy Spirit of God, help me prepare in repentance and holiness for the imminent coming of the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, that I may be found worthy to participate in the wedding supper of the Lamb. Thank you, Holy Father, for your great grace and mercy you have shown all your children on how to prepare for the coming of your Son. In Jesus' holy name, I thank you, Holy Father, for we can truly do nothing without your Holy Son. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit of God, for helping us, your children, prepare for the rapture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Lord Jesus, how can I ever thank you for what you have done for your children? You gave your life for us. You have interceded time and again with your Father to give us more time. I know time has run out. Prepare for your comfort. Let us prepare for your coming. I love you, Holy Lord Jesus, with my whole heart and soul for this extra time you have given us. Children of God, time has truly run out. God in his great grace and mercy has now showed us how to prepare for the imminent coming of his Holy Son, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. May God have mercy on all our souls. Well, all right. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to minute. I'm going to have, this is going to be a little early here, so I've got through this. This is good. It will be more time for the Lord to minister to his children. What I'm, what I'm going to do is explain to you what you're going to hear now, okay? There's a tremendous revival going on in Africa right now. Thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and even millions of people are being saved. And a lot of them are being saved by Dr. O'Rourke. Right? This audio clip that you're going to hear is, is taken from Neary, Kenya in Africa. This is a revival that last spring in April, as a matter of fact, April 16th and 17th, that Dr. O'Rourke did in Neri, Kenya, N-Y-E-R-I. And what you're going to hear is a parade. This is a parade going in to the, going in and going into the in revival. This is before the revival even starts. You're going to hear a marching band, okay, and then you're going to hear everyone saying, praise God, praise. This is tens of thousands of people all over the place on the side of the road as the band's going down, going, and then you're going to hear, 
and then you're going to hear uh, the, uh, uh, the beginning of the revival in, 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 the, in, in the stadium. And then there's people as far as you could see in every direction. Okay, this, this, this is going to lead us in to the coming of the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. The presence of God is on me like there's no tomorrow. Last night, my wife was upstairs, and I'm downstairs, and she told me she could feel the presence of God like there was no tomorrow. That's upstairs, and I'm downstairs. I don't even know. All right, so what we're going to do now is have Chance play this clip, and then Alvi and myself are going to call the Holy Lord Jesus down. All right, when the people are, if you feel, if you feel, when the people start saying, praise God, praise God, say it along with them, okay? This is the great and mighty one God of the universe. This is the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and
Lord Jesus. Holy Lord Jesus, thank you for coming down. Thank you for coming down, Rabbi Jesus, to minister to your children. Children of God, ask the Lord anything you want. Ask the Lord. He's with you now. He's in your house. The holy prayer angels and the ministering angels have paved the way for the holy Lord Jesus Christ. The King of kings and Lord of lords is ministering to you now to get you ready for the holy rapture. The great God, the great I am, the King of kings and Lord of lords, our rabbi who wants to minister to us is now ministering to you. Holy, holy, holy children of God. Reach your hand out to him. Get on your knees. Pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord for forgiveness. Repent to the Lord. Repent. Ask the Lord to prepare you for his glorious rapture. Anything that you wish, ask the Lord. He is your rabbi now. He wants to minister to you. He wants to minister to you from this day forward. Stay out of these foul, evil churches, children of God. Give your tithes to the poor in Israel. Children of God. Let the Holy Lord Jesus be your rabbi. Let the Holy Lord Jesus be your rabbi. Minister to you, children. Minister to you, children. Minister to you, children. Holy Father, Holy Father, rain down your glory. Rain down your glory on your children. Father, rain your glory down. Rain it down, Father. Let them know, Father, this is from you, Father. This is what you want your son to do, to minister, to be everybody's rabbi. Whatever you need from this point forward, go to the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. He's your personal rabbi. Let him take care of all your needs. You need nothing else. You don't need me. You don't need Alvin. You don't need anything but the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. My father has told me over and over, it's all about his son. In his great grace and mercy, God Almighty has come down from the heaven to rain his glory upon us today. The glory in this room is going through the ceiling. I'm telling you, the Lord is here. He is here. Brother Alvy, Brother Alvy. <laughs> this is too amen, much. Amen, amen, Alvy, go ahead. Call Praise the Lord. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, hallelujah. Your presence is real, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want you in our life, Jesus. We want you to minister, Lord. Oh, Jesus, Lord Jesus, please, Lord Jesus, move on your people, Lord. Move on your people, Lord. We feel your presence, Lord. We feel your anointing, Lord, coming down, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bring revival, Lord, to America, Lord, to Canada, Lord, to Australia, to Germany, to all these countries, Africa, Lord, that are listening to us, Lord. You said, bring revival, Lord. Bring revival to your people, Lord. Bring revival, Lord. Bring me Bible, Jesus. Please, Lord, revive your people. Awaken your people, Lord. Awaken your people into prayer, Lord. Awaken to your people, Lord, into loving and seeking you, Lord. Please, Lord Jesus Christ, in your name we ask, Lord. Your name we ask, Lord. Please, Lord Jesus, forget our transgression, Lord. Forget our sins, Lord Jesus. We repent of our sins, Lord. I'm sorry for our sins. I'm sorry for our disobedience, Lord. To you and your Holy Spirit and to the Father, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. Cleanse us with your blood, Lord Jesus. Cleanse us. 
with a word of prayer tonight, if that'd be okay with each of you. Maybe you can take the hand of the person next to you, and let's just agree for the Lord's release upon this night and what He has in mind. Lord, we give You praise for the, the love of God that You've extended through us through Jesus Christ. We thank You for Your mercy. We thank You that that mercy is new every morning, and we thank You for the extension of it upon our lives, even this very hour. Lord, we desire that you would receive glory tonight in all that's said and accomplished in this meeting. We desire, Lord, that your Spirit would direct each of us to not only have a, a voice to speak, but ears to hear and hearts to apply the truth that you would give to us. We give you praise, Lord, and we thank you for the authority that you've given to us to hold back the forces that would oppose us in your work, Lord. Tonight, Lord Jesus, we say be magnified in our midst and give us a sensitivity to give... Uh, the direction of Your Spirit as You would lead. Nothing more and nothing less, Lord. And for that we give You praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 I want to begin to start sharing with you tonight um, first from a background that may, may seem a little unusual to you um, from where I came from. And you may have to actually try to place yourself uh, in the type of thinking that I was involved in at the time. Uh, I was born and raised as a Roman Catholic. 
Uh, my parents were Portuguese and, and Irish, and so there's a, a long lineage there of uh, Roman Catholicism. So uh, if you can possibly try tonight to put yourself in that kind of thinking, I think the, uh, the uh, presentation of the dream might help you. Is there anybody here tonight that uh, was a practicing Roman Catholic uh, before they met Jesus? Quite a few here tonight. Keep your hands up. That way I know who my friends are later on. Oh, okay, good, good. You'll know what I'm talking about in some of the different aspects of this presentation. Uh, as a little boy, I began to have visions. I wasn't sure what a vision was. This first happened to me as we were doing a traditional ceremony in the church called Stations of the Cross. Some of you folks might remember what that was. These were ten stations set up in a Catholic church where you would pray the rosary. When I received this dream, to kind of skip ahead just a moment, uh, I was not a Christian. I wasn't saved. I hadn't read really much of the Bible whatsoever except a few uh, passages on Sunday in church. We, we had a few passages that we would read occasionally. And in high school, I read uh, uh, the Gospel of John. So uh, I wasn't in a place where I knew what was happening in this dream. And this uh, disturbed me greatly. And so you'll see tonight as this begins to unfold that uh, God is an amazing God as to why He would reveal something to someone that knew nothing at all. And so I'm going to kind of ask you, try to put yourself in that place tonight, realizing that uh, don't sit in here tonight uh, for, for long as you're hearing the dream, knowing what you know right now, but try to put yourself, so to speak, in a place where you didn't know any of this and it was being revealed to you in such a way uh, that it was the first time that you ever saw or heard such things uttered. As I said, I began to have visions as a little boy uh, in the second grade. Uh, the first time was when the Stations of the Cross, which were pictures on the wall, actually came to life and Jesus was uh, carrying the cross in the week of Passion. I saw Him as a little boy with the crown of thorns on His head, uh, just shoved into his, uh, his head. They were long thorns. They weren't like what I had always thought in my mind, maybe like rose thorns or something like that, but they were long thorns and they were actually, some of them were protruding from the sides of his, uh, his head. He was bleeding a, a great deal down his face. His face was uh, beaten uh, extensively, almost to the point that it was difficult to tell uh, who this person was. Many things I've learned over the years uh, from following the Lord that were actually uh, clear scriptural directions about his life that I saw in visions before I had read the Bible. This is part of the reason that I'm so certain about things that God has shown me because of how they've come to pass and played themselves out. As I saw this, uh, I saw from the point of Him carrying the cross where the lacerations on His back were more than just stripes. I always imagined in my mind they were just you know, stripe marks, but they were actually deep lacerations uh, where even the, the tissue of His muscles were exposed. And so it was a very gruesome thing to see as a little boy. I saw him crucified. The cross I saw was not high off the ground, but actually uh, only about two feet off the ground. And I saw dogs urinating on the cross. I saw people spitting on him. I saw people mocking him verbally. Uh, it was a very, very violent scene that I saw as a little boy. If you can just try to imagine for a few moments a second grader seeing this, and it actually was played out to me uh, in a vision that seems much more real than you being here tonight uh, in front of my own eyes. I don't know how to explain right now how that happens. I just believe that God chooses to do things uh, because He's God and He's uh, omniscient and He has His ways. 
Uh, I wish somehow I could tell you the formula for how your mind works on a vision, but I just don't know. This began to keep continuing in my life till about seventh grade, and I finally got to a point where the peer pressure and the troubles that I was getting in with my friends uh, because of crying and, and being touched by the presence of the Lord, although I didn't know that that's what was happening, uh, I was being kind of persecuted for it. My family thought I was a little off, and so I pretty much asked God, stop this. I don't want any more of this. This is not blessing me. This is not helping me. I'm losing uh, my friends. I'm losing uh, you know, credibility with my family. They think I'm nutty. They think I'm losing my marbles. And so just stop this. And it stopped. And I, I must say, uh, about a short time after that, I became quite rebellious. Uh, at the point, uh, up until that point where I asked it to stop, I was very sensitive, young person, uh, real obedient to my parents, uh, just a good student, had won some citywide awards. But as soon as I asked this to stop, pretty much my life began to really take a clear direction uh, in the wrong path. Uh, several years later, I had gotten married, and, and um, in early 1980, around August, uh, I went to sleep this night. Uh, just about like any other night, um, I want to tell you some specifics so you'll know. I, I was not intoxicated. I was not under the influence of any hallucinogenic drugs. Although there had been some times I had smoked marijuana and had drank in my life. Uh, the night that I had this dream, I did not go to bed in a condition of, of stupor or uh, you know intoxicated or anything like that. I fell asleep and it was one of those types of nights when you kind of can tell you're falling asleep. You kind of you know, drift off and you know you're just about asleep. Just as soon as I fell into sleep, this dream began to start. It started with a very, very, very loud noise. The best description that I can give to you would be to tell you it sounded like a, a, a car horn uh, from the 70s. How many remember what car horns sounded like in the 70s? They were very loud horns in those days. Or now they're just kind of a little beep, 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 beep kind of horn. But in those days, I mean, if you really laid on the horn, they were loud. This kind of sounded like that, except for it was extremely loud, very ear-piercing, and it, it lasted for a long period of time, kind of like a stuck horn. Has anyone ever heard a stuck horn? It was very similar to that. Uh, right at that moment of hearing this, I was given the ability... Again, I'll share with you some things that seem to be very chronological in how this dream worked out. And yet, in some places, I can't tell you specific time frames because it was almost as though I was interjected into different situations uh, without the understanding of time moving along. Some things were just very panoramic. It was just a wide, big picture that I saw. But at this point of the dream, I was given the opportunity uh, to see kind of from the... Um, the heavens looking down on the earth. And what I saw was that I was able to see it, the globe was kind of out here like this and I was able to see very clearly many cemeteries and graveyards. Then I was brought very close to many of these graveyards and what I saw was a very unusual thing to me was that the ground was breaking open. Literally the dirt was breaking open kind of violently and people were coming out of the graves. Um, I'll tell you that as a Catholic, I prayed many, many times that uh, I believed in the resurrection of the dead. But I, I don't really believe at that point in, in the dream especially that I was persuaded that that would actually happen. I know now that that's what I saw. I saw dead people resurrected from the graves. The condition that they came out was very unusual. 
And uh, the, the other thing that was unusual is that uh, one cemetery plot uh, headstone would have a person come out of the dirt and one next to it would not. There, it seemed to be uh, uh, a kind of a, uh, not, not just random, but kind of a categorized uh, launching, so to speak, of these people out of the dirt. Again, it was very violent. It was almost um, as though the, the, the dirt was receiving a small explosion or something and breaking open. And I literally saw dirt flying. And I saw this all over the globe. It wasn't just in one area. It wasn't just in, say, the United States. It was all over. And when people would begin to come out, their appearance, uh, two things about their appearance first astounded me. The first thing was that the clothes they were wearing uh, seemed to be like a choir robe. Uh, they they uh, were kind of like a long dress, so to speak, uh, a cloak almost hanging off them. Uh, but in the middle of the day, uh, it was like uh, uh, those outfits that entertainers wear when they're under the lights and the lights uh, you know, key in on them and the sequins kind of make the light just shoot off and they glimmer. These people came out in the middle of the day glimmering. Their outfits and their person was brighter than the sun. I, I, I wish I could explain that to you other than I could see the brightness of these people coming out. Men, um, although they had these robes on, appeared to be very, very masculine. Uh, you know, I always used to think that, you know, those robes I had to wear when I graduated from school kind of looked kind of feminine, you know. But these things that these people were wearing were masculine, and yet when women were resurrected, uh, they looked very feminine. Again, I'm going to give you the, the, the dream exactly as I saw it. Some things I wish sounded more exciting, and other things I wish were just a bit tamer, but I'm going to give it to you exactly as I saw it. These people that came out, it was difficult for me to explain this over the years, older people would come out with the appearance that they were old, but they weren't old. They, you could tell that they had lived a full life, uh, maybe you know, 80 years, 75 years, something like that. But uh, say, for instance, their hair that was lost was, gone, was back again. Um, they looked mature, but they didn't look aged. Okay, Young people, I saw a lot of young, young people resurrected. And uh, although they looked very young, they, 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 they weren't very young. They, there was a maturity about them. I, I wish, again, I could clearly define how this appeared uh, during the dream. Um, the, the, the position that I was in at this time didn't give me the allowance to understand these things because of the staunch Catholicism that, that my family and I had practiced. I had never heard of of Protestant uh, Christian practices. I had never been to a Protestant church. I had never uh, experienced someone witnessing to me the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and the plan of salvation. I had never read the book of Revelation. And to be very, very frank with you, uh, even to this day, it would have been a lot easier for my life if I would have never been given this dream. Uh, I wanted to just kind of do my thing and uh, carry on with my life. I thought it was going just fine until this began to happen. So just to, to help you understand, I did not ask for this. I've never asked to see the Lord. I've never asked to see angels. I've never asked to have visions. Uh, usually, every time I get something like this, I end up getting in some sort of trouble. And so I, I don't really like the trouble that kind of follows you uh, when God starts to show you things. Uh, the other thing that I want to make clear to you is when this was happening, I really didn't understand that it was God at first. And so, just to have you understand where I came from, there was no desire for me to experience this dream. Uh, 
all of a sudden, the people that came out, uh, they, they, just, they just disappeared. I wish I could tell you where I saw them go. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they were taken and hidden somewhere. I don't know if they were taken in the clouds because I never saw them go up. I never saw them go away. They just vanished. Okay. One thing I can tell you is I did not see one person on planet earth changed like we've read in the Bible where it says, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise first and those which are alive and remain shall be changed. I didn't see anybody at that point when I saw these people come out of the grave changed or get zapped out of planet earth, meet the Lord in the clouds. I didn't see anything like that. Okay. Again, I need to tell you, I had never heard of a rapture. I'd never, I, as a Catholic, second coming of Christ was not even a dogma of our church. We didn't practice the belief in a second literal coming of Jesus Christ. And so, this all was very foreign to me. And uh, as soon as these people uh, disappeared, for a lack of words, wherever they went, mass hysteria began to hit the earth. Uh, people had the appearance of absolute despair, um, hysteria. There was pandemonium everywhere. There was mass chaos. Lawlessness and fearless, or fear was working everywhere. Uh, I was able again to see in many quadrants of the earth and there wasn't any one nation that was under this. All of the globe was experiencing this. It was a, a very, very unusual uh, instance that happened. It, in the dream, uh, uh, I wasn't able always to... Uh, perceive what was going on, and yet I was still struggling with my mind during the dream. I don't know if you've ever had dreams where you were dreaming things, but in your mind you were very much uh, aware that you were dreaming, and it was almost kind of like you were two people. You know what I mean? It's like you were almost divided. I was seeing the dream happening, and yet in my mind I was really not wanting to be a part of this dream, but I, to be very frank with you, I had no choice as this dream was unfolding. And by the way, it lasted the whole night with the interruption at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I had no control to come out of this dream. Uh, I will tell you that I've learned how to change my dreams. When I go to bed and the devil decides to try to give me a bad dream, I've learned how to tell my mind, not going there, nobody's going to chase me with a gun and try to shoot me. I'll just change it. Well, let me tell you, I could not change this one. I wished I could have somehow. Uh, definitely, my life for 20 years, uh, part of it anyways, would have been a whole lot easier. It wasn't easy to receive this. It wasn't easy to sit on it for the amount of time that I've had to sit on it. Uh, my credibility has come into question many, many times because of, well, if this is so powerful, why didn't you share it? Well, I firmly believe that if I would have shared this uh, publicly when I got this, one, nobody would believe me because there was no credibility established in my ministry. And two, it would have probably destroyed me because I didn't possess the character, character of Christ needful to really walk out something like this and understand what all entails with a revelation like this. Paul talked about revelations coming and bringing trials. And so I know that I really wasn't ready for this. Uh, as the mass pandemonium and despair began to permeate society, there was uh, a very unusual event that happened. Television, uh, telephone, radio, and this other unusual communication device I was able to see into many, many homes in the United States these white boxes that were about this big that looked to be like televisions. And were, when I saw these, they were in nearly every single home in the U.S. And uh, they would have words written across them and occasionally it would almost look as though television was playing through them. All of those 
uh, media devices were shut down for about a two-week period. I know now that what I was seeing was personal computers in people's homes. In 1980, I've done some studies, by the way, about all the things I saw to see if, in fact, I was hearing something from God because I'm not about to go on national television or around the globe and share this if it's incorrect. I have a ministry of my own right now and I don't feel like jeopardizing what the Lord has established for the past 17 years. In, in 1980 and 81, there was less than a half a percent of American homes that had a computer in it personal computer. IBM was just transitioning from data entry cards into hard drive and, and uh, RAM memory into their computer processes. The one computer that was on the scene at the time was called a Commodore. Some of you might remember that. It was actually a word processor with a very, very small amount of memory. And so I saw these in homes just about everywhere. All these things were shut down. Uh, one of the things that was happening during this uh, hysteria was many, many peoples were asking, where did these people go? What happened? And all the globes saw this event, uh, or they experienced it afterwards. What I saw in people was that literally nearly everyone I experienced had a great, great look of despair and hopelessness upon their face. Everywhere I went, there was hopelessness. Nobody seemed to be happy about living. Um, you know, I've never experienced that. I've been to a lot of public places where people are bummed out, not happy, not doing well, but not the globe in masses. I don't know, maybe you've seen that. I haven't. Uh, so this hysteria brought a complete hopelessness and total perplexity to just about everyone. The television communications were down for a period of time. Again, people have asked me, well, what do you think caused that? I'm really not positive, but I would like to put something on the overhead tonight uh, to show you an article. And for many of you uh, Prophecy Club folks here tonight, this, this is a new information to you. For some of the visitors that might be here, this may be very new information. This was an article. Let me move this down just a hair. This was an article that was given to me two weeks before this tour started. Let me share with you a few details. I did not want to take this tour. Okay, I really did not want to connect to the Prophecy Club. Uh, when I got the prophecy for them, the Lord had told me some things about this ministry and how everything they were saying was about the end times. I'm thinking, no, 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 I don't want to go there. I've, booted, I've been booted out of enough churches. I've been, I've been persecuted enough for my position. I'm not going to hook up with anybody that's going to just completely declare the end as they really believe it. Now, you know, uh, all of us have to leave the fear of man sooner or later in our lives. Amen? So, uh, that's what I had to do. And uh, when I was praying about this tour, the Lord said He would give me daily a sign everywhere I went, a sign in the natural that what I had seen was truly Him. We walked in the airport today. We were coming through the terminal and He showed me uh, uh, a Humvee sitting in the main area of the terminal of this airport. And by the way, it was the exact type that I saw. The one that I'm going to show you tonight on the overheads later, it's not the same one. This article was a reprint. Uh, actually, I have the original copy if you would like it. Uh, I can get it to Prophecy Club and, and you could uh, request that. They'll you know, get it to you. Uh, this was in the uh, 1991 uh, Santa Barbara, California news press paper. This has to do with a single high-altitude nuclear blast by a rogue nation which could, would bombard the continental United States with electromagnetic rays, crippling civil and military electronics from light bulbs to computers, uh, military experts warned Congress Wednesday. 
such an explosion would unleash electromagnetic pulse. I'm going to move this up just a hair. Would release an electromagnetic pulse that would erase computer data in banks, stock market, halt cars, trucks, shut down electricity in the lower 48 states. This is interesting to me because I prophesied a long time ago that Alaska would not experience the judgment that the 48 states would receive. I got this paper and I thought, oh, that's interesting. The pulse would last only a fraction of a second. Our civilian telephone, electricity, communications, and electronic plants are all naked to our nuclear-armed enemies, said Lowell Wood, a physicist with the Lawrence Livermore Laboratories. Even a modest single explosion EMP attack on the U.S. would likely devastate us as a modern post-industrial nation. I'll move this up just again a bit. Any nuclear-capable nation, including Russia, China, and North Korea... I'm going to talk to you tonight about North Korea, some specifics. Uh, I have some inside information that the Lord has allowed me to see about North Korea and China. Uh, any nuclear-capable nation, including these nations, could cripple the U.S. military machine and lay waste to modern American civilization, said Wood, who also is a consultant to the Defense Department. Again, that's an article from the 1991 Santa Barbara News Press. How many folks here tonight already know about that? Okay. Some things that we, we learn, we learn in the natural. Other things we learn in the spirit. Much of what I've learned about end time uh, revelation has been in the prayer closet. I haven't got to uh, go into government strategic positions and things like that except in the spirit. And so I'm actually quite excited that God is, is showing me some things that um, uh, other men have got to be a part of by being strategically placed. This uh, shutdown alarmed all of the peoples. And it lasted for about two weeks. Can you imagine briefly tonight all of your communications, your telephone, computers, television, and radio being shut down for a two-week period of time? Can you imagine the hysteria? Can you imagine you know, the inability for a supermarket to contact its suppliers to get more, more supplies or gasoline or, or transactions? I mean, just, I mean it, it's, it's amazing when you begin to see it kind of unfold the depth. This lasted about two weeks. Again, I want to remind you, I was not a prophecy studier or expert at this time when this vision came to me. I began to walk the streets in shock at the current events. The events are difficult to describe because lawlessness and fear was permeating society completely. After about two weeks of time, television and radio began to be back up and running. However, it was completely different than what was previously uh, being broadcast. The broadcasts were being bombarded nearly everywhere and they were depicting a soon-to-come new government and leadership. A man would be emerging to lead us the man finally came on the scene and he spoke with great eloquence. I wrote these things down exactly as I saw them. He spoke, he spoke with great eloquence and charisma. He was soothing and promised answers to all current issues. This man was smooth and extremely convincing, able to solve nearly all problems. He was a consummate communicator and he explained how this removal of people was God's judgment upon them. This rattled me in the dream. 
I, I did not understand his position. Let me tell you so you can kind of comprehend where I'm coming from. Not being a, a born-again Christian in the dream, when this man spoke, it, it, it began to convince me. It began to pull me in to the messages. I don't know if any of you have seen old uh, film, uh, films of Adolf Hitler speaking to the masses, but he had a demonic uh, charisma about him that would literally pull the masses to him. That was nothing compared to what I saw. Nothing. He was able to rally a nation. This, this individual was rallying the globe. It was very, very frightening. Uh, almost immediately, he began to communicate through large screen televisions that were strategically placed everywhere the general populace met. Think back for me for just a few moments. 1980, 1981. Large screens televisions? No. Few pizza parlors had those projector televisions, you know, with the three different colors that would project an image, but large screen televisions weren't out, folks, and neither was 24-hour news. Everywhere the populace met, big screen televisions were pumping this message. I travel a lot all over the place, and everywhere I go where the populace meets now, they have televisions. Restaurants have them. I've been to some restaurants where you have a television right at your table, so you're keeping up with everything. Airports, everywhere you go, everywhere the populace meets, you're being bombarded with messages. This was the norm. Now, what was strange about this is that this man's speeches and directions for the whole world had to do with new times upon us as human beings, new directives for global peace, and the need to give up current citizenship for world citizenship. Now, I must tell you, I've been raised a red-blooded American. And when I heard this in the dream, I could not fathom it. Uh, you know, I've always had a, a gun. I've always hunted and fished. And I've always put my hand over my heart at ball games when we sang the, the, the uh, national anthem. I've always respected men in the military and women in the military. I love this country. And so to have this experience in this dream rattled me to the very core of my being. This man continually and constantly spoke of world order and the benefits of all men dwelling together in peace. Now, even though I was disturbed in the dream, I was also being pulled into this because it sounded very, very good. World peace sounds good until you see the cost. Let me tell you, there is no world peace until the Prince of Peace establishes His throne on this earth. That's the bottom line. No human being is going to bring peace to this earth. Only the human being who's all human, all God, is going to bring peace to this earth. That's Jesus Christ. And so I began to really think of relinquishing my citizenship. And this alarmed me uh, greatly. Uh, even though this was a, a message that pulled strongly upon me, I somehow wasn't convinced of this new order. I constantly heard the word new order, World order and new times. But I never did hear new world order. I don't know why. You know, I don't know if they change the name in the future or if, or if the dream was trying to show me different perspectives. I, I don't know. A lot of things I've asked the Lord and He hasn't answered my questions. Some things He's answered them very clearly to me. So my freedoms and my patriotism were instantly being eroded from my understanding. Now listen to this, please, very carefully. At staggering rates, people were buying right into this plan that this man was releasing through the airwaves at staggering rates. 
No resistance. No one was fighting it. No one was saying anything publicly. I, I, I can't tell you if the airwaves were uh, controlled to the point where you couldn't come on and say certain things. It's just about like that right now in the U.S., by the way. You, you can't just get on the three major networks and say what you want. I mean, no, I'm telling the truth tonight. You can't do that. And so I don't know if that was the occurrence at the time or if basically it was just that everything had turned over. Some things, like I said, I don't have all the answers to. I began to go into a serious, serious depression. I began to ask myself questions. Is this the end of the world? You know, I think just about every person that's been born has always wondered uh, in the inside of themselves about the end of the world, regardless of when you were born. You know, it's amazing to me that you read the, the epistles and you find that even when Peter and Paul were preaching, they were already asking if the end of the world was upon them. And so I began to ask those same questions to myself. I, at this point in the dream, some very unusual things began to happen. I was hopeless, and so I, uh, I, I've always had a practice in my life when I'm in despair or in confusion to go for walks. I still do it now. I live near a beach, and I'll walk on the beach. And so in the dream, I started going for walks, and, and I was hoping for answers. You have to understand, the whole world was experiencing this despair and this uh, this chaos that was permeating society. No one, by the way, was isolated from this. No one was hidden from this. This was engulfing the whole globe. I was able to see into different regions, into different continents, and everyone was experiencing this. It was almost as though the world had all become a third world nation completely behind the times with the ability to, to uh, emotionally process what was going on on the earth. As I was look, uh, walking one day, Excuse me for a moment. I've been speaking and praying and prophesying a lot lately. Uh, I began to search for some answers, and uh, I didn't know where to search. One day, I ran into an elderly gentleman, and he was the first person during this period of time in the dream that actually appeared to be friendly. He, uh, he looked like uh, that maybe he had some hope, or maybe he... Uh, might know what was going on. And so I stopped him and I asked him a few questions. I asked him, do you know what's happening in the world? Do, do you have any idea what's going on right now? Uh, earlier I had told someone that what it appeared to me with this despair, it was that like every person on earth had just left their mother's funeral. Everyone. Can you imagine that for just a minute? Everybody on planet earth had to bury their mom that day and was leaving that... Uh, that uh, funeral or memorial service with the weight of that. That's how people appeared. They were very, very grieving, very, very, uh, excuse me, despondent. Now, when I ran into him, I asked him if he knew what was going on in the world, and this is exactly what he said to me. He told me that the end was coming upon us and that he had not prepared for the times of the Lord. At this statement, sadness filled this man's countenance. Instantly, he went from being joyful to being very, very sad. He said to me that he had not been right with the Lord and then he began immediately to tell me God's plan for man's salvation. He carefully reached in his back pocket like this and looked around over both of his shoulders to see, it looked as though to see if somebody was watching him. Now, I can't tell you if Bibles were banned at that point or not because, again, I wasn't specifically told that. I wish some things I could say were specifically told to me. This wasn't. 
But from his appearance, he was very concerned about who was watching him when he pulled this little book out. I didn't know at the time it was a Bible, by the way, because, uh, you know, I wasn't a Bible reader. You know, I was just a pretty typical young Catholic boy uh, doing my thing, and I wasn't interested in the Bible, the Word of God. He pulled this little, little pocket book out about this big and began to flip to Scriptures and would show me the different things in the Word of God about my need for Jesus to be my Savior. He told me that I had to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sinfulness and my sinful nature. And so, uh, he told me if I, had, if I would do this, that I would be given eternal life and that, that God's power would lead me during this life and He would give me a victorious life. And I said, well... That sounds pretty good. And I was convinced. And so I prayed. I prayed. I accepted Christ into my heart in a dream. Now, this is a very strange occurrence, folks, to be a Catholic person not knowing how to find Christ by the born-again experience through the repentance of sins and receiving this in a dream. What's even more interesting is when I woke up from the dream, I could not comprehend it. It took two weeks after the dream for me to become a Christian. Seems strange almost, doesn't it? And so I, I prayed the prayer with him. He put his hands on me and, and prayed some, some different prayers. And as soon as this happened, joy began to fill me. And uh, I did as he said. I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sinful ways and to fill my heart with his presence. Now, it was unusual about this man because he had a small following with him. These were people that had accepted his message that he was telling them about Jesus Christ. Um, a very unusual thing was occurring at this time in the earth. Babies were being abandoned just about everywhere. Uh, almost on every street corner were babies abandoned, left in their little uh, baby seats or their baby uh, baskets. And th- this was strange because they would be from infancy up to about maybe uh, 16, 18 months, something like that. I could tell that there wasn't any babies over the age of two. And I don't know if that's because, you know, children, when they hit two, they start to change. You know, they have some kind of... Uh, I call it rebellion or something. You know, you tell them not to touch the cookies and they look at you and take it anyways, you know. You remember when that started happening to your kids? Well, we didn't pick up any kids like that for some reason. I don't know. Maybe God was sparing us. I have no idea. But we began to pick up children everywhere. And we began to take care of these children. I kind of joined up with this group of people because they were the only ones that seemed to have any peace at this time anywhere in the whole earth that I had experienced. Now, some very unusual things were happening with this group of people. It was amazing to me how they could meet people's physical needs. They would always run into people who were in need, and they would be able to meet their needs and then somehow lead them to Christ. Now, I didn't know how to do any of this yet because I had just kind of hooked up uh, with this man. In the dream, my wife had also become a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, and we were kind of hooked up with this man, kind of helping him out. I, I, I don't know if I had a job, to be honest with you. I, I don't ever remember working in the dream, although there was a couple occasions that I made business transactions. So it may have been that I was working and it just wasn't revealed to me as an aspect uh, that was important in the dream. I just don't know. Again, there's been many times I've asked to know certain things and some things the Lord told me, someday I'll reveal all of it to you. And, you know, I don't know, maybe someday that will happen. I can tell you this, the man that I saw on the television... The man that could do the signs and wonders and fix all the problems, I will tell you this tonight. I will never forget his face. Ever. As long as I live, I will never forget his face. Some people have been downloading information to me on my uh, email 
and downloading pictures of different people that are claiming uh, who they are. And let me just tell you, it's none of them. None of them. Not yet. Because I will never forget this individual's face. His face was almost supernatural in appearance. He was almost too perfect. He, he uh, was, for lack of terms, he was the most handsome man I had ever seen. And I just want you to know I'm a very happily married heterosexual. Okay? <laughs> When I say he was a handsome man, I don't mean that in a strange manner. I just mean to tell you that this man had everything going together for him. Everything. He, he, I was telling Stan that he had kind of a chiseled look to his face. And uh, everything about his appearance was almost perfect. And when he spoke, there was just a, a very strange quality about him. It's funny, many years later I read a scripture about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, from Isaiah the prophet that said that Jesus uh, had no comeliness or, or, or uh, features that we would desire to behold Him. In other words, Jesus was not some handsome uh, specimen of a male. He was an average, rugged, uh, probably uh, different looking person. He wasn't uh, the kind of guy that would be voted you know, most least or most likely to succeed on the, uh, on the, the GQ, so to speak, uh, charts. But this guy that I saw was. He fulfilled that perfectly. And isn't it amazing that the Antichrist would be the antithesis to Jesus? That he would have such a persona that it would be just the opposite of Jesus Christ. Although he was not actually prideful, he was very, very brash but he still carried the ability and uh, charisma about him to levy people into his situations. Um, at this point, we began to really connect with this man and his followers. And some other things that were very strange to me in my thinking was that somehow he seemed, this group of people seemed to happen quite frequently that things would just work out for them in the most unusual ways. Now, I, I, and during the dream, I didn't know what was going on. I did not know that God got involved in the affairs of men. I didn't know that the big God of the universe would come down and, you know, be actually interested in, in the affairs of man. As, as, as I grew up religiously, I, I didn't see him in that aspect. I saw him as a very busy God out there, and he had a lot to do, and probably I wasn't important enough because I wasn't a pope or a cardinal or a a saint somewhere, or, you know, I wasn't one of those people, so probably uh, I was last on the list. And I know a lot of people feel that way about God right now. But I saw very unusual events happening with this band of followers. Food would multiply. Very unusual things would happen. They would pray for people and people would be healed. Uh, just very, very strange things uh, that was abstract to my thinking. Now, at this point in the dream, things really began to shift. And what happened was, I was on my way to the bank to make a business transaction. Several things uh, in the dream I was revealed. For one, uh, let me see if I have something with me. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I saw this money in 1980. I saw the money that has the big pictures of the different uh, figures on it. In 1980, this money wasn't even talked about yet. Another thing I saw shortly after this money was that the picture of the individual moved over a little bit and there was a blank space on here. And I was shown in the vision that the cash would carry bands in it that could be traced as to who was transacting the cash. You see, it's not just enough to know where your checking account goes and your, 
electronic, say, visa transactions, they want to know where you're spending cash too because it's the ultimate control issue. And I saw this. And you ask yourself a question if you think I'm incorrect tonight. Have you been able to go just to any local printer and say, um, for instance, Kinko's, uh, I'd like you to print 500 of my checks up? Can't do it, folks. Your checks are banded with pertinent information so that your checks can be traced. All you have to do is put your checks under an ultraviolet light and you'll find this to be true. Checks are already being traced. They're already being tracked. I saw money that was being tracked. Yesterday, somebody sent us some information that the rainbow money is going to be in full effect by 2003. Right now, uh, within the next month, they're going to release the tens, fives, and ones for the new money. And I'm telling you, we're right on track. We're on a fast track, actually, with these events happening. So I'm on my way to make a business transaction. And a very unusual thing happened. There was an earthquake while I was going to the bank. I was just entering the bank. And uh, across the street from my bank was a large, tall, about seven-story building. It could be a little taller. I, I should have actually checked this one out. And by the way, everything I, I'll tell you is documented. You can check with people and names and situations if you're interested. This, with, this was a triangle-looking building. And it was all glass in its appearance. If you think back to architecture in the early 1980s, especially 1980-81, they had just started to use all glass elevations on, on, on commercial buildings. It was just being introduced. Drive around any big city now and all glass buildings are the normal thing. It didn't used to be. Well, they were in this dream, this earthquake hit and began to shake this glass building and it fell over and killed about 200 people. This earthquake was massive. And I know from what I saw with the globe shaking at this time that it was a worldwide earthquake. Now, I'm a Californian and I've been in a lot of earthquakes. As a matter of fact, I have some information about earthquakes tonight about the last two big ones that hit California. And the Lord told me that they would come. He told me one would happen when the whole world's eyes were upon it. The whole world's eyes were upon the 1988 World Series in Oakland, California. And He told me if my people don't begin to repent and begin to call out upon me, the next earthquakes will bring massive destruction and loss of lives. I watch civic and spiritual leaders say how we will rally in the power of our human spirit to overcome these obstacles. We will? I don't think so, folks. You know, I, I drive that Bay Bridge a lot to minister up in the Bay Area of California. If that earthquake would have hit any sooner, it would have killed thousands upon thousands of people on that bridge because it totally collapsed into the other. I was also recently involved in the Northridge quake uh, in 1995. I was in Ventura, California at the time, driving down the highway when it hit. And uh, it was a very frightening thing. By the way, I don't know if you know this. I do know this for a fact, uh, that the earthquake epicenter, the very spot of the earthquake, destroyed the biggest producer of pornography in the whole world. Amen. Okay, that's, that's something to say amen about. But I need to tell you, guess what's happened since? They've moved all their facilities to Chatsworth, California, and now they're producing twice what they produced in 1995. I heard spiritual leaders in the Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley say that these earthquakes are not the judgment of God. They're mishaps by nature. They said this publicly. And they wanted to try to tell people that these things were not the judgments of God. If you'd read your Bible, it's very, very clear that Jesus said that earthquakes are a sign of judgment. We'll talk about some things in a bit about that. The earthquake hit and there was multiple uh, millions of lives lost. Millions. I mean literally millions of lives. 
I've never heard of an earthquake where millions of people have been killed, ever. Uh, the, the world was completely stunned. The devastation of property and loss was beyond comprehension. It could not be measured. Some regions were so destroyed that they never bothered to send uh, rescue teams in. That's how devastated they were. I have some good friends, and including myself, that knew when God was going to touch Japan with a quake. Uh, two of my friends got the exact same number of the quake and one of my friends gave them the day the quake would happen. One of my friends was ministering there, a mighty prophetess of the Lord, and she said, an earthquake's going to hit here. And she said, I'm afraid, get me out of the building right now. She thought it was going to hit at that very moment. It actually hit two weeks later, but they said, if you're ministering to us and you're a prophet of the living God, then, then you need to pray for us and pray for our people's homes and their buildings. And so she went out with oil and poured oil over every church, every place that people were willing to allow her to pray. And the Kobe earthquake Japan... Uh, Japan quake never touched any of those buildings. Some of those buildings were parts of other buildings. They were connected and one side of the building would fall. Everywhere that she had prayed was spared. None of the people and the families that she prayed for lost lives. None. She goes to Japan now and needless to say, it's like she's God. They roll out the red carpet now. You know, when you're spared because of a prophetic word, your mind changes about the things of God. Don't ever put your eyes on people. Put your eyes on the Lord. This was very unusual. This destruction uh, was global. It reached the whole globe, folks. Now, I want to tell you some things that began to happen at this point. This earthquake that hit caused a massive change in weather patterns. At this moment, what began to happen was the normal weather patterns completely changed. The, the, the patterns for winter became summer. Summer became winter. And you might have a day of snow and a day of heat. The world was in total chaos in its weather patterns. Predicting weather was totally uh, impossible. You, there, it, was, it was just uh, useless to try to forecast weather. Predictions did not work. Some very unusual things began to happen almost immediately. Crops began to perish. Droughts and famine. I was able to see all over the globe the most fertile areas, the most fertile farming areas. I lived uh, at the time of this dream in the most fertile farming area in the whole world, the San Joaquin Valley of California. These areas were totally destroyed with drought and famine. Places that were once fertile were now arid deserts. It was almost hard to comprehend what I was seeing, and it was almost immediate. It was almost like somebody just took things and twisted the whole order. The thing that I tell you that was strange to me is that weather seemed to have its own mind. I, I, don't, I don't know how that would work, but I've heard some things from different people in the Prophecy Club about different issues, about how they're manipulating weather. But this weather was manipulated by the earth being shook from its axis. You say, how do you know that? I was above it and I saw it shaking. I saw the whole earth rocking around like it was a drunk person trying to walk. It was very, very frightening to me. Can you imagine being in this dream, not knowing what I know now biblically, not ever have re read, reading this stuff or ever have anybody witness to me about these things and seeing this happen? It was just uh, incredible to me. It was frightening to me. And I, I just couldn't... Uh, begin to express to you how uh, hopeless or uh, empty I felt about seeing all these things happening. <clears throat> Many times I wished I could have woke up and just pretended that this wasn't happening. Now, uh, right about at the time that this earthquake hit, very unusual things began to happen with law. 
I began to see local municipalities and no longer were police departments the enforcers of the law of municipalities, but military police driving very unusual looking vehicles that I now know to be called Humvees. I'm going to put this on the screen and talk to you a little bit about this vehicle. Can you see that good? Should I come up a hair or are you okay? We're okay. I'm going to do like Stan does here. Let's see. Hey, look at that. Oh, I have to hold it. Okay. These, uh, this is classy. I like this. These vehicles I saw looked a lot like this vehicle, except that uh, they weren't green. And uh, by the way, this was brought up on an internet uh, advertisement for me because I began to tell people what I saw. And uh, I, I, the first time I saw one of these, by the way, was on CNN in 1991 during the Gulf War. I don't know. You might have seen them sooner than that, but that was the first time I saw it. By the way, I was watching the report on the Gulf War because I was comparing what television was telling me in comparison to what the Lord had shown me in prayer. I know some things about Saddam Hussein. I know some things about some people that even Prophecy Club hasn't heard yet. And I'll share them with you tonight. This vehicle that I saw was black. They were on just about every corner of every main thoroughfare. The only difference is, like the one I saw in the airport today, I think it was today. Yeah, it was today. Man, I've really been going. Keep me in prayer. I just want to get home tomorrow. The, the one I saw in the airport today was amazing because it was almost the exact replica. And by the way, it was $94,000. Uh, this one was 72000 These are the yuppie cars in California, by the way. I guess they make these, I heard, here in Indiana somewhere. Isn't it amazing? You Indianans are corrupting Californians. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me how we all corrupt each other. I really like this pointer. I'm having a great time with this thing. Uh, Stan told me to be myself, so I'm about to loosen up here in about five, mon- five minutes and really have fun. Uh, these these uh, vehicles that I saw were black, and they, the top here was hard, but this part right here, see how this comes down? This was not a hard uh, back end here. This was a canvas or like a Jeep. You ever see the Jeeps, you know, without the hard tops? It was canvas here. And there was a man standing in the back. They were wearing very unusual outfits, by the way. They were wearing black uniforms and blue ball caps or blue helmets. The man that was standing in the back here was wearing a blue helmet. There was a big uh, radio antenna or some sort of a device here and a flag on the other side. And this guy was standing up here and it looked like he had some big gun standing here. Stan asked me if I thought it was a machine gun and I said, yeah, I think it is. But I, I don't know because I've never, I've never actually shot a machine gun or seen one. I did have an AK-47 at one time that was a lot of fun to shoot crows with, I'll tell you. But it was not a, a, a machine gun. It was a semi-automatic you know, version, so you could only pull the trigger. I, I don't know if that's what it was. It looked to be one, but again, I would be embellishing if I said, yeah, I'm sure it was a machine gun. I don't know. All I know is these guys were everywhere. Another thing I was able to see is I was able to look inside of here and on the inside of there was a, uh, what I know now to be a laptop type of computer sitting on the dash uh, with a computer screen that seemed to look much like the airplane I rode in today, a Canada Air regional jet that had all new digital GPS that just completely draws the picture for them so they follow without gauges. 
You could look into this computer and it would give them all sorts of information. You know, when I got my last California driver's license, I almost didn't want to take it. In California, we have holograms on the seal of the state and a strip of magnetic something on the back and then another thing with a whole bunch of information they say I've been trying to get mine to thrash out you know I put it in eel skin wallets and put tin, tin foil around it and I just want to mess with them I figure we have a little bit of time to mess with them we might as well right look folks they already know all of us as soon as you join Prophecy Club they know you it's a dead giveaway let me tell you and so these guys were able to get in here and use these computers, these onboard computers, to have information. At the same time I saw this, I saw uh, street uh, light standards, the kind like we have in California that really... You guys are still kind of old-fashioned out here. You have those wires that go across intersections with old lights hanging on. We have these huge standards that hang out. On the top of them, I began to see cameras, little white uh, oval-looking, hot dog kind of looking cameras. And in the dream, I, it was revealed to me that these cameras knew the whereabouts of everybody's vehicles. And, you know, they tell us, because people have been asking in California, hey, why do you have these cameras on the freeways? You've told us that they're for traffic control. But there's no streetlights on the freeways, folks. You know, you can drive from where I live, clear down to San Diego on a freeway and never have a light. Why do they need those? And you think about it for a minute. These guys knew our whereabouts. They were parked on nearly every main thoroughfare. They knew your whereabouts. And what was unusual is they were fairly peaceful. I'm going to take this down. We'll get to some other things in just a minute here. These military police, or whatever they were... Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know about you, but I did some checking again. In 1980, 1981, there were no blue helmets on any military in the earth. And there were no blue ball caps. While I was in Baltimore, see, I hadn't seen the blue ball caps yet. I'd only seen the blue helmets. In Baltimore, I missed my shuttle. And uh, just what a mess that day was. I, just, just, I got lost. I mean, I just, but it was the Lord totally because He had me get on the wrong shuttle to get me back to where I needed to be to watch this television report of Sierra Leone. When it came on the air, I heard the Lord say, look at the television. I don't like television. And so uh, what happened was, these guys were uh, fighting this uh, skirmish in Sierra Leone, and they were wearing blue, baby blue, powder blue ball caps. And the Lord said, I told you I'd give you a sign in every place you'd go to show you. Uh, I don't know what the blue ball caps meant, by the way, uh, when I saw them or the blue helmets, but I clearly know now who will be the policeman. I'm, I'm wide aware uh, of who will be in charge. Now, this, uh, this system of these police uh, was actually quite peaceful. They weren't rude. They weren't uh, mean to people. They weren't uh, obnoxious. I didn't see any looters or anybody getting shot or anything like that. They seemed to be peaceful, kind of parked at every corner. One thing that was happening is that you could not cross state lines at this time without papers. You had to have current papers to cross state lines. That was very, very strange to me. You know, it, matter of fact, uh, if it hadn't have probably been for Prophecy Club, I would have probably never really believed that part of my dream. I, I, I don't think I would have ever believed that our country would become a place where you can't cross.